0: McLaren, welcome to Comics of the Cross, the greatest streamers you have never heard of. I, of course, am one of your hosts for today. Cross sitting alongside my partner in crime, Nitro, the other half of the dynamic duo of Twitch. How are you doing today, Nitro? I'm good, bro. How are you, man? Doing good, doing good. It's Glad to be a long back time here. Since we've had a chill
1: stream on a Sunday
0: before. Yeah, man. It's like it's well. To be fair, we've had a lot of Sundays off recently. We've had a lot yeah. of Sundays off between different things going on, different holidays, different special events and then I was and then like nearly dying from sickness yeah. for that lasted quite a while. Um so can I just can I just mouth off here for a minute here to chunk his mouthing off in chat? He's definitely mouthy. He's a, he's mouthy. It's in like this man is like if you've got the chart of like good, neutral and evil, he is chaotic evil.
1: Chaotic evil. This
0: man, what we were doing the ad- in
1: the front of a fire.
0: But we were doing our, the adventure for sea of thieves on Friday night. Was sailing with us put a banana on the stovetop which you can cook food in the game and if you leave it there eventually it'll burn and set a fire to your ship. Thankfully, Seal found it when he saw smoke before the ship burnt down. Seal then asked who did it. I didn't do it. No,
1: he didn't deny it.
0: Space deny Hawk it. didn't do it. <laughs> and Chunk the Hutt apparently didn't do it either. To the point fire. of we were to the point of we were searching a ship. Literally cutting it wooden barrels in case somebody had that hide-barrel emote where you can't see them and we're hiding on our ship because we just had a clash with somebody not too long ago and we thought somebody tried to come on board. Thinking somebody was on our ship and had tried to burn us down. And then, like, after we get off-stream, he freaking comes in the Discord and goes, Oh, by the way, it was me that did the banana. (laughs) And I'm like, so apparently we were right to put junk in the brig during Friday Night Stream and if he comes on the next time we play he's going to go straight in the brig
1: yeah confession time I cooked the banana
0: yeah like he admitted it and I'm like why we're in the middle of an adventure you're just lucky we weren't going for like a freaking vault or something you know what I mean it's like if you were going for like a vault with all this treasure, and he tries to like cook a banana or something, you're lucky it was an adventure. Did y'all
1: have treasure on the ship?
0: Not that much, thankfully, because uh, okay. we were doing the adventure, so there's not that much treasure to get. So now you only cook bananas in the stove and see if he uses like. <laughs> yeah, and the, he put a banana as well, which of course bananas meant to be the thing you use if you want to burn down someone else's ship because it catches fire quick. Mm. I did not know that. It's good to know though. So it's like, <laughs> so Chunk just tried to burn our ship down as fast as possible. So yeah, so that's how Sea of Thieves went on Friday, so thank you Chunk. So just just
1: know every time he plays, there's going to be an attempt on your life.
0: Yeah, just uh, literally <laughs> try to work out stuff and he's like throwing bombs at me again. Like, I know we do stuff like that uh, to be stupid to do it for fun, like Chunk is like, it's getting maniacal at this yeah. point when Chunk's doing Sea of Thieves, it really is.
1: Oh my gosh, I wish I could have been there. That's mm. hilarious. Chunky said he exploded all the barrels before he could get to them.
0: I tried to, I think he got like one eventually. Although it was so funny, I literally, like, I blew one up on the island and then I literally grabbed one up and was running in the ship, went, Chunk, Chunk, look what I got! Lit it and dropped it and ran away, so he started coming towards the island thinking he was gonna get it and it blew up before he got
1: there. He <laughs> was so jacked up. <laughs> He probably deserved it for the banana, though.
0: Yeah. There we go. Oh my god! Yeah, my cup of tea it. and chat, of course, is my lovely wife Jay saying, "You sure chunk the heart? We believe you." Hashtag bricked.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Hashtag bricked. But anyway, but it is good to be back with a good proper podcast because I, I was here recently. I got to do it with Log. I feel like getting to sit down with you. We've not had a chance to do yeah, this. Dude.
1: We haven't had a chill stream like you said before before we started we were talking about it. we haven't had a chill stream in a, in a really long time so. it's
0: been a while it's been a while since we just got a chill hanging i mean because we've got some big stuff coming up for the podcast in the next couple of weeks yeah. we've got some big interviews set up we've got uh, the review of thor love and thunder coming up in the next couple of weeks so it's like it's nice to have a little chill stream yeah man and um, so we're so, going to yeah, be sure. hanging out and we're going to be talking comics today pretty yeah. much i got a whole stack of them right yeah. here we're gonna talk about a bunch off to the side as go well be... so we're gonna go through a bunch of these and just yeah tell you what so we've basically been we're basically we're gonna kind
1: of go over the ones that we've read this year that we really not necessarily doug maybe some we didn't maybe some we did
0: yeah but be honest like what if stuff is if we've enjoyed stuff we'll tell you if we have not enjoyed stuff as much or there's little issues with it we'll tell you but for the most part i've not read it, i've not read anything bad some uh, stuff yeah i would i would agree stuff has not been maybe quite what I was expecting it to be mm-hmm. it was maybe a little bit of a letdown from the build for some of the stuff but yeah for the most part stuff was either like good and enjoyable or like really good
1: as I was uh so we, we had been talking about doing this episode for like a week and I started pulling stuff off my shelf that I had read uh, this morning and I'm like dang I read a lot this year you have your
0: stack's way <laughs> bigger than mine it's like
1: well and to be fair like I know we've had this conversation before but <clears throat> I need to catch up on a lot of like the 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 historical great runs that I've missed over the years Um, so that's basically me is like reading a backlog
0: of stuff that people have already read (laughs) a lot
1: of the stuff that I read is that
0: I also don't want to pull the disability card but like my ADHD just makes me like so hard to actually sit there and read stuff oh agreed like to actually sit and like focus on stuff so it's like so the fact I've got through what I'm I'm very proud because it used to get to a point where I could not get through like a page yeah like I would sit and have to reread stuff so like i did not bad considered. Yeah. like I've got like you know attention span of like squirrel you know
1: we so like I normally read right before I go to bed so on my nightstand I, I will have at any given time like three or four comics with different bookmarks in them and I've see that's the other
0: difference as well is like I am very much a clinical I, if I'm reading a book I'll read that to start to finish unless we're doing a, oh, a book okay. for like indie comic book club <laughs> mm-hmm. and I'll have to interrupt to like go over something Yeah, yeah. I'll generally, like, I read a book and I go through the next book, and it's like, I don't like the. It's the same when I'm watching TV shows, like, I like to try and binge stuff if I'm watching, because I get invested in something, I don't like to interrupt the flow. Mm -hmm. I think because it takes me so long to get into the flow of something, like, I don't like the prospect of, like, okay, I'm going to leave this book and go over here yeah because you're telling me like you sat and like binged through like the transformers omnibus and i'm like dude you've got like three comics sitting there that you've started before this that you've not (laughs) finished yet like how are you doing this
1: dude it's so bad because i've (laughs) I've run out of bookmarks so i'm like tearing pieces off of like random pages that i'm finding and putting them in the books (laughs) i have like tissues in a book it's it's bad
0: hey Uh... tom what's up man Tom Levine, my wireless is terrible today. Oh, sorry to hear that, Tom. Thank you for stopping in, though, if you're able to hang it, We'd love to have you hang and chat. If you can't, because of connection troubles, no worries, sir. No worries at all. Um, but before we delve into comics today, we, we've we been chatting a little bit about a uh, little bit of news. I think this one has to be mentioned. Um, and amazingly, it's not an Ezra Miller story. uh Because, you know that they've been like constantly and frequently it's actually a different story apart from why the flash movie's not happening anymore and um, well, they,
1: they say it's still happening regardless because they've invested too much money
0: in oh thing. yeah i know that i know that's happening but like it's it feels not. like literally every other day there's an ezra miller story of like and it's literally becoming like what has he done this week yeah um but we're not talking about ezra miller this week for once we're going to be actually talking about the upcoming black panther wakanda forever movie Yeah. Uh, because we got to get a few little pictures of that, and one of the images that was released, which I, I will say this is not officially being confirmed by Marvel or Disney yet. Um, I just want to put that out there. A lot of stuff is looking like it is going to be official, and that this is an official image, but they haven't confirmed it yet, so it's it's still technically speculation. Um, is that we got an image of Namor, the Submariner, who is. The if he is in this definitely which it looks like he is i'm glad because for a while they were back and forth on whether or not he was actually going to be like oh he's the big bad for it oh maybe not there might be issues or maybe he is so this yeah. could be a confirmation that we're definitely getting Neymar, and his looks very interesting Ooh, as mm-hmm. i knee my table um because they've gone for a very kind of aztec styling yeah to him to like because there's an image of him where it's just like him wearing these kind of general clothes with like there's Aztec yeah. symbols and the belt buckle especially has got Aztec on it mm-hmm. and then there's another one where it's like him in like full headdress gear and all this stuff of like you know like an yeah. Aztec warrior like sort of look to him
1: I'll be honest so like I, I read a little bit of the backstory as far as the change and what they've done and like on the surface or I'm, I'm digging it the way he looks I think he looks BA I think he looks awesome yeah, and I think it'll come across on the on the the film really cool. I get why they did it. Part of part of it was to differentiate from you know Aquaman already exists. Let's be honest, Namor is very similar to Aquaman, even though I think Namor came first. Oh yeah, They're similar. So far, so, it's like, like
0: Namor's been around way longer.
1: Yeah, so so having them both on screen, both being from Atlantis, and both kind of looking similar, I
0: get it. I get why they changed it. I'm down for it. I'm here for it. Yeah, I mean I. I definitely don't have an issue with it because it's going to, for me, the big determination of how much I like the portrayal of Namor is going to come down more to the personality Mm -hmm. um, and how he's portrayed. Like, arrogant jackass and not ashamed of it. Like, he is not a nice guy. He is not a good guy. Even when he's working with the good guys, he is not a good guy. Mm -hmm. That, if they can encapsulate that and get the personality across is going to be the big thing for me and in terms of like the you know the aztec kind of styling i like I, I dig it i think it's cool i think it works for the character i don't think it deters from anything and let's be honest the the, the normal name world look is very boring
1: yeah it's super boring
0: like I, old, I, you either really, go you either go for the old school one which is like him in the trunks yeah or if you look at his new stuff and it's like and i was just thinking about this when they changed him to a kind of like a jumpsuit type thing He looks like the Deep from the boys. I was going to
1: say that. I was going to say that. He
0: looks like the Deep, which is really funny because in the comics, the Deep doesn't look like that. He's in like a diver suit. Yeah. In the comics, and they changed it to the way he looks in the show, and I wonder if that's one of the other things that influenced it, is the comic look for Namor is actually kind of what the Deep wears. Mm -hmm. And if they changed it because of that to try and disassociate from the boys because like you don't want to compete with them and stuff like that because a lot of people are highly praising the boys and like you don't want to do a a comparison with that yeah. you know
1: I have got a question so they also introduced uh, promo art for a fella named Atuma A T T U M A I'm not familiar with this person at all um but he's basically wearing a giant hammerhead
0: shark skull on his head and it looks sweet
1: uh, for the those hammerhead of you who do not-
0: Sharp sounds familiar. I'm not. All right. I'm not um, Potential sure
1: spoilers. Uh, I'm gonna post a link in the chat if anybody wants to see the image that I'm talking about. I don't know if it is a spoiler or not. I think it's a promo image of a villain possibly in the Black Panther movie, but his name is Atuma. As I hope it's not yeah. too much of
0: a spoiler if it's a if You wanna check that, that out? Yeah, you know, let me have a look. Oop.
1: It looks sweet though. It looks bananas.
0: Who oh, that looks cool.
1: Yeah. That's like,
0: awesome I'm not going to put it up it was coming up on my side for like playing it on the screen I'm not going to do that just in case but yeah that's a really cool image if that's I the, mean, I
1: the I just saw another one this morning of a female version of that so I'm assuming it's his uh, partner or wife or whatever
0: yeah like I'm not sure of the character I don't know a lot about the Black Panther mythos to a certain degree I know bits and pieces Mm-hmm. But it's like it's, it's really cool. It's a really cool design, and like I'd be up for that mm. because of the hammerhead shark and the look of him. Mm. I think we're going to either. I wonder if we're going to get like a face-off between him and Namor, and that's what kind of brings Namor and Black Panther on similar sides. Yeah, you know, because obviously like Black Panther and Namor know each other. They're connected, and the comics are part of the Illuminati. Which yeah. Um, don't know if we'll get to see that version of it in ours, but yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see if how they go with it. Mm-hmm. If it ends up being a rival to Namor, the only thing that's making me think they might not do that is I don't know if they want to again the comparison to Aquaman. Yeah, that was basically the Aquaman movie was him versus uh, Ocean Master. Yeah, Ocean oh,
1: no, Master
0: facing off with Orm, and it's like I don't know if they're going to want to do that they may
1: it's going to be interesting how they characterize um, Namor because obviously me having read recently Hickman's um, Avengers and New Avengers run Mm -hmm. and just seeing how big of a part uh, Namor plays in that with Black Panther um, I'm very interested to see what they do with him
0: the interesting thing with Namor that nobody seems to be mentioning yet Um, and I'm sure there's conversations I've probably just not seen them but nobody's mentioned yet the fact of like Namor's a mutant Mm -hmm. this is technically the first mutant we'll be properly seeing in the MCU because we got Quicksilver and we got Scarlet Witch but their powers were explained as coming from one of the Infinity Stones Mm -hmm. so like is this a potential for the beginning of the mutants being introduced are they going to keep Namor as a mutant
1: have they even said the word mutant yet in the MCU
0: I don't believe so so this could be a simple way of introducing that yeah of introducing like Namor and how he's different and the fact that he's a mutant yeah could be an easy way to introduce that and start the road of the X-Men hmm yeah, Ad said uh, Atuma looks a lot better than
1: the comic version. I did a quick Google for Atuma, and he's apparently a supervillain for Namor in the comics. He's like an At- mm-hmm. Atlantean warlord or something like that.
0: Okay, so yeah, so it is uh, what I was kind of thinking we're going to see the face off yeah. between him and Namor. And Namor's going to probably go from being a villain for Black Panther to them teaming up, sort of thing. Uh, yeah, of course. But it's just sad we're not going to see that against T'Challa, um, unfortunately, obviously, with Chadwick Boseman's passing. But as did far as. Say- I, i'm sorry i didn't mean to catch up i think you said something on twitter about
1: like dc oh somebody no spider-man sony is taking all the spider-man villains and basically turning into heroes and by the time they're done we're not going to have any more
0: yeah <laughs> any pretty more much <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah because craven the hunter streaking is like he protects the environment and oh an God. animal That's the lover
1: thing i've ever heard in my life
0: it's like i stand for the forest
1: <laughs> no you murder animals that's literally like, what your name is your name is Craven, Craven the, Hunter. the
0: Hunter what do you think you hunt it's you like
1: you wear a lion coat
0: I was gonna say it's like yeah he wears lion fur I'm like that's that's all fake fur you know what I mean it's like but uh yeah But yeah, so um, I'm excited to see. Obviously, there's a lot to come out. It's just an image, and it's not even technically an official image yet because Disney and Marvel haven't officially announced it, which they'll probably do as we're doing this podcast to make a liar out of me. Um, serious
1: question. Who do you think is going to take the Black Panther mantle, in your opinion? (sighs) It's Shuri or M'Baku?
0: I would say... Like, my whole thing with the Shuri thing now... Is I don't know how they're going to go because she kicked up that whole crap on set of like the not wearing masks stuff and the anti vaxxer stuff and all that. And we've seen that cause issues with Disney, you know, employees before. Obviously, Gina Carano was coming off of The Mandalorian, was like the big one. And they can't really do the same to her because they're like halfway through shooting a movie. Yeah. Unless they want to drop another couple of million dollars, you know, to like reshoot with somebody else and I don't think they want to lose another actor because literally they just lost Chadwick so I don't think they want to lose someone else from it because I can only imagine how quickly they had to put rewrites into action to take T'Challa out of the movie to go for the comics and if it's done properly it should be Shuri Mm -hmm. I don't know though there's a lot of backing from Baku to become the new Black Panther Winston Duke has got a lot of fan support but yeah. I don't think they're going to go that road. I think it's going to go to Shuri.
1: The lady who played Nakia, Lapita, oh, Lupita. Lupita Yeah,
0: I, I think she would be. She. I'm
1: I'm for Shuri being. Her
0: oh, that features. would be a good choice actually. I I think it'd be
1: cool because like they were. What's her character to make an it? Item. What's her An item at the end of the movie, right? They were. Yeah, they were right, basically not together. officially, but.
0: Yeah, but it's I like it was, it was it hidden that they were kind of together at the end. Yeah what's the character name again i completely blinded because i know it's Lupita. nikia
1: i think it's nikia i believe
0: nikia because i know um, it's said lupita is the actress but like yeah she's a really she's a really good actress really strong has really shown her prowess during the first film i would actually be okay with her taking over the black panther mantle It'll,
1: it'll be interesting to see what they do um yeah
0: yeah i think that would be an interesting one to go but well, only like because I've not officially said anything well, I've not officially seen anything of it yet, of it yet. I'm surprised they haven't released anything like a, like a teaser or anything but <sighs> they're probably scared to to be completely honest hey, yeah. Black Panther was one of our biggest grossing movies with it made biggest like, billion, right yeah it was like with all this like, praise round about it for showing off black culture and now we're going to try and basically resell it to you without one of the main reasons it was popular Chadwick Boseman yeah And I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, I wouldn't want to do that either, to be completely honest with you. Yeah. I one hundred percent would not be up for doing that either. That is just a nutsell. And it's like, but we'll see how it goes. I hope it turns out well. I hope it turns out really good. I don't know, just it feels like it's it's on the verge of it could be a train wreck. Yeah. It just it feels like we're on the edge of that. Uh huh. And I like It really does. But I'm like, I don't want it to be though I want it to do well. Cuz there's a lot of amazing stories that can come out of it. There's a lot of amazing actors and you know, um, crew and stuff involved in it. Like I want to see it do well. That's a that's a really good point though.
1: I I definitely feel like the MCU is on a precipice. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's on a precipice and it could go over the edge or it could t- it could turn the corner. And I have a feeling that these next two movies, Thor and Black Panther are going to be what makes that decision because let's be honest the the mcu this at least all right this is my opinion but the mcu's as a whole the shows tv shows mediocre yeah as as a whole as a whole
0: yeah they've not been they've not been amazing there's some really good shows there's been some really great moments but for the most part i felt even when the shows are good a lot of them haven't (laughs) stuck the landing yep
1: and and some of the some of the latest movies in my opinion, uh, Eternals, I liked Eternals. I get why people don't like it, but it was, yeah. a, it was a bit of a miss.
0: Yeah, I wasn't um, a fan of Eternals. I just.
1: Doctor Strange, like, it got critical acclaim, but there were a ton of people who weren't a really huge fan, myself included. Yeah, you that, th- was... that was a bit of a miss, in my opinion. It was all right. Um, like, I, I, I still
0: yeah. count it as kind of midway. I kind of, like, rewashed bits and pieces, and I'm like. I, I still count it as a midway. I just think it's like. It felt like it was a blindside for it. Yeah, we went and expected a multiversal travel movie, and what we got was a low key Sam Raimi horror movie, which isn't a bad thing. Yeah, but I don't think that's what a lot of people expected going into it. You know? but
1: it'll be interesting to see. You know, apparently this is the most Taika Waititi Thor movie ever, so it'll it'll be interesting to see what we get with this. And so then you're probably not gonna it, like it then. I know, because somebody was like on Twitter, they were like, "If you liked Thor Ragnarok, you're really gonna love this," and I'm like, "Oh great."
0: But, no, we'll see because no, was we'll one see. of the few people i've talked to that does not like thor ragnarok that much I, it's not
1: that i don't like it i just feel like he pushes it a little too far with the humor like i like my thor a little it's not bit that more i don't like more it more but on, i like <laughs> it more i like my thor a little more on the serious side like for instance i think thor in infinity war and part of endgame is the perfect thor he's very serious but he's still funny yeah, like, I, will, I will I will say that, joke. yeah. That's they my favourite version of
0: Thor as well, is probably Infinity War. That's yeah. how best I feel like they've Agreed. gone to. Agreed. Um But yeah, we'll see where this goes with these next few movies, man, and see what happens with it. It's it's gonna be interesting. The MCU's in a very interesting place right now. Agreed. And mm-hmm. it's like and like you said, like I've not totally been blown away with the Disney Plus shows and I, I, I said it a couple of weeks ago. Or like a few weeks ago, whenever we last spoke on it, and I'm like I'm I'm kinda still feeling it. I'm like I don't know if they're over stretching themselves and spreading themselves too thin now. Yeah. Going from two to three movies a year to like nine projects a year. Yeah. Is a lot. And if your stuff is becoming subpar because of it, I'm not saying it is. I'm not saying that's the reason for anyone starts sending me DMs that I don't read. Um <laughs> It's like, but if that is having an effect on it, the problem is you're going to get left in the dust.
1: Well, and here's the thing. Because there's
0: some amazing stuff out, there's some amazing movies and TV shows just in the comic book and superhero genre mm -hmm. that are really gripping, that are really catching attention. And if your stuff doesn't keep stacking up against it, let alone to all the other media, it's it's Mm -hmm. going to get left behind.
1: Well, and here's the thing. You have stuff like Stranger Things Season 4, which if you haven't seen it, oh my lord my opinion best season so far if you've We're not seen boys. it
0: go watch it stranger yeah, things just, season four that finale just, like i think i literally put our
1: stream and lurk
0: <laughs> i literally posted a tweet that was like holy crap holy crap stranger yeah. things holy crap yeah. Like, yeah that's that's all i could say to the ending of that season and i'm like okay i need season five to drop now like that you show have, was so good
1: yeah streaming shows like stranger things you have stream uh streaming shows like the boys like, oh, you better, the boys you better, was so
0: good this week as well you it's better like,
1: bring it like you better bring it and like, i see tom okay, and
0: chunk in the chat saying i've not watched the boys go watch the boys yeah yeah it's, it's I mean, you better, so good you,
1: you gotta bring it if you're gonna release original streaming content based off of intellectual property bring it yeah because like other people are bringing it and they're crushing it out of the park like you have it has to be good it has to be good. i do you can't be i eh.
0: I just feel like that's where the MCU kind of like dropped itself. Like it's never done well when it's tried to incorporate TV shows. Like as it started off with Agents of Shield, and Agents of Shield just kind of petered off. It had some good moments to it, but no, honesty, mm. it's like the show for the most part is a bit forgettable. Yes. Um. I then there make was it the second season. Then it was the Marvel Netflix shows, and it's Which like us yeah, And miss, they, let's be and honest. they, Dead start as part of the MCU they did start pitching them as like these are connected and then completely completely forgot about it. went off and did their own thing and even then like they're not all like Daredevil is pretty much the big hit like we're big fans of Punisher but not yeah. everybody was Jessica Jones was a big hit but like if a lot of people felt like it went down as the seasons went on and Luke Cage was kind of hit and missed and Iron Fist was just Iron a train wreck
1: Iron Man Iron Fist was an absolute train wreck oh good lord
0: and it's like so it's like they didn't go well and now we're doing the Disney Plus shows and at best they're hit and miss as well Mm -hmm. at best like there's there's just stuff like you know it's like I get that not everything's not for everyone's taste but like some of the stuff there I'm like it just doesn't feel like it works and yeah agreed and that's the thing. It's like, and then I would be fine with that if the shows just weren't working. But it's now feeling like a lot of the movies aren't working as well. Like, mm-hmm. like half the movies are like we were talking about it for Phase Four. Like half of them are phenomenal. Yeah, and the exactly. other half are average at best.
1: I think what we, you know, when we were talking about it the other week, we kind of hit it a little bit. Like in Phase One through Three, there was a through theme mm-hmm. with all the movies. There was a theme on all the movies that tied all the movies together it doesn't feel like there is and there might it might be revealed at some point that there there has been but as of right now it looks like they're all separate pockets of movies doing their own thing and, and it's like not I, and running. I'm
0: trustful that we could be building up to something big because yeah. like Kevin Feige said that we are and stuff but at the same time it's like right now I'm just I'm very much kind of like I don't feel like we're going anywhere like the big thing to, to, for, that shows that for me is the Disney Plus shows because the Disney Plus shows happen and then it's like there's no continuation. Like division continues with Scarlet Witch coming into Doctor Strange. Uh, Falcon Winter Soldier's is going to continue with Captain America 4 whenever that's coming out. But for the rest of them it's like what if or well, what if's getting another series but there's not really a continuation to any of those stories. It doesn't tie into anything. Yeah. I thought we were going to get stuff like Supreme Strange and stuff in the mo- in the Doctor Strange movie but we never did. And they Falcon- tie...
1: They- they teased it like they had to know what they were doing. oh they highly teased that they they had to know what they were doing they teased supreme strange and they teased the the like imploding of the worlds with the everything turning to ink they knew what they were doing when they did oh 100
0: and and then on top of that as well we've got other shows like hawkeye which looks like we were building up for Kate Bishop and heading towards a Young Avengers thing another hint towards that which if you don't announce that soon like come on like seriously yeah. it's getting ridiculous now yeah but then it's like oh yeah that's not getting a second season we are going to do a spin-off show for Echo though I'm like
1: no offence the, the lady who portrayed Echo no offence
0: but- Echo's amazing but I'm like why are we getting an Echo show and not a uh, another Kate Hawkeye Bishop. show like yeah you don't even need to put Jeremy Renner in there. Let's follow you've established Kate Bishop, let's follow her now, because she was a good character. And that show started off awesome. I literally the finale was the only thing that ruined that for me. Yeah, I really loved that show. Okay. Um, speaking of spin-offs as well, we're not getting another one division, and Wanda's now apparently dead, following Doctor Strange. Spoilers for that, by the way, but like I, I don't think she's dead, but it's it's yeah, left it's left yeah. like she's no. dead, but she's gonna show up again, you know she is. Yeah. But yet we're getting an Agatha Harkness Show.
1: Nobody asked for that.
0: Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, the actress, I can't even remember her name off the top of my head, but she's phenomenal that played Agatha. She did such a great job. I would love to see her come back. And she's been left there in a way that, like, if Wanda ever needed to go back and get her, she could. Which is, like, awesome. Let's bring her back. But her getting her own show, I'm like. I I feel like we're getting to the point of, like, instead of, like, you know how it was talked about the DCEU needs to do a bit more Marvel? I feel like Marvel's doing a bit more of the DCEU now. Like, we're just throwing stuff at the wall. Like, oh, the fans loved Agatha Harkness and they went mental for the song. The song was, like, topping charts and stuff, so let's give her a show. They're
1: pulling a Sony where they're just making... They're making making content for everybody. Nobody's asking for about villains or heroes that, no offence, nobody really cares about or nobody really wants to see
0: any more of. People want to see... I don't think Agatha Harkness can hold her own show. It's like, I'm sorry, I don't. It's like, Echo, like... Echo is like a bottom tier character I'm glad we're getting like deaf representation and the actress is deaf and all that that's amazing she's a great character I don't think she can hold a show though Um, you know but like a lot of the stuff just doesn't tie in like yeah. that's my problem is like a lot of these are becoming one and done shows a lot of these are becoming like they're not connected to the MCU there's not a second season it doesn't feel like it's having an impact in anything apart from a couple of things in the movies and a couple of things that we're getting spin-offs for, and it's like... Mm. Why should I care? Yeah. Like, you're investing me in this world, and it's like, but you're giving me stuff like this, which is like, like we talked about, like, you're now putting out nine projects a year, like... Going to the cinema to see all the movies and going to, and going to streaming to watch all the shows... While competing with everything else that we've got in life, I'm like it's asking a lot of people. And I stand by that, it's like sometimes like, you know, too much content isn't a good thing. Having choice and having stuff that people can do this was the hell I mic as much, but having that much content is not always a good thing. You know, it's like having that stuff out there because people are going to start to pick and choose and as much as that's a good thing. And a certain extent of like, you know, you can cover a lot of bases. It's like usually like when you try to cover a whole bunch of bases you find out you don't cover any. Yeah.
1: Well you said it when we were talking about it last time. Like I would rather them just cut all the content in half and just focus on it being
0: good. Yeah, like we've hung around for twelve years to get to endgame and get to the payoff of the story that started with Iron Man. And it was worth it. I have no qualms waiting another twelve years for a big payoff if it's gonna be of similar quality, if not better. Mm-hmm. I have no qualms waiting, like I th- I mean I started that journey in two thousand and eight when we got Iron Man, it's like I was in my twenties. I'm in my mid thirties now and I'm more than happy. I'm more than happy waiting until I'm in my mid forties to get a payoff for what's happening now. I'm more than happy to wait until my mid forties and my kids to be grown up for them to get introduced to the MCU and get payoffs at the cinema seeing these finales like I got. Yeah. I am more than happy to do that. I'm just worried that they're really stretching themselves thin and it's mm-hmm. I'm not enjoying it as much as I did. Yeah. I'll you know yeah. what I mean I'll be honest, I'll say it like the contest dropping like I personally am not enjoying it as much as I've enjoyed other things. And sometimes they put out movies that haven't been great and it's like but do you know what I'm finding though? I found like even when I used to watch the subpar movies, like and I watched stuff like the stuff that gets ripped apart, like Thor: Dark World and uh, like Iron Man two and three and stuff like yeah. that. Even when I came out of the cinema watching those, I thought they were amazing because mm. I was in the hype in the moment and I got invested in it in the hype of like, oh, it's another Marvel movie. Yeah. I don't feel that hype now and. And part of that is probably because like you know, like I said, we're twelve years in. The hype's mm-hmm. disappeared, the hype's not there as much as it was. For stuff like it's that thing of like, you know, you get more diminishing returns, like I need more to get that hype. And I well, feel like, like and I feel like that almost like it's almost the opposite though. I feel like, Okay, we're giving you more because you need more and I'm like mm-hmm. and my hype's dropping. Mm-hmm. I have never felt hype in my life seeing a movie as I did when you and me were sitting in that cinema during Endgame. Dude, the hype in that place—the
1: best experience I've ever had. It was electric
0: in there; like you could feel it. it. Was a
1: buzz, dude. I'm getting goosebumps. Like that final
0: fight—like you were like, "Come on!" Like you could feel the energy. We were all ready to see this take place.
1: And like, there was anticipation. They built anticipation into the movies. Like, I was thinking about, like the 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 Disney Plus shows. Like, I think a good barometer is for that. Is I forget? I forgot that miss marvel released last wednesday and i just watched it yesterday i forgot i was like it wasn't and back in the day when marvel released something i was on it yeah on and the like, day as soon as something dropped i, I am watching it. it and it's like I and was it's not a it. big
0: it's not a big a deal to like catch yeah. stuff now and i'm like
1: no it's like it's not gonna for one it's not gonna make that big of a difference in the larger scheme of things uh, marvel wise and two it's honestly probably gonna be mediocre and i'm not saying anything
0: bad about mrs marvel i'm just talking about in general Mrs. Marvel, I love how you just Ms. married Marvel. I love how you just married her off there. <coughs> Sorry. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, like and that's it. It's nothing against Miss Marvel, it's nothing against I, I've completely forgot the actress's name as like I'll be completely honest. like because I 'cause I wasn't planning on speaking with her so I didn't refresh anything. Um but like it's nothing against her, it's nothing against the show, it's nothing against that. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's just a case of kinda like what's getting said in chat there, it's like you know, it's like Tom's saying, Yeah, but what's good mean to them? Yeah. yeah. Good good to them means more money. Mm-hmm good means it was, there's more people buying Disney Plus to watch the shows and there's more people going to the cinema to see the movie because at this point I'll pretty much guarantee if a new Marvel movie drops I'm probably going to go see it. There's not as much hype and then Chung like and now you're just like oh it's another Marvel movie and I'm like honestly yeah like I'm, I'm hyped for Thor to a certain extent because if this is done right this could be really good and if they do gore the God Butcher right this could be a phenomenal villain on screen don't get me wrong I think he's going to be a one and done I don't think he's going to stick around yeah, which, is unfortunate. which is unfortunate but at the same time this is kind of like the end of Thor's story I still stand by Thor gets killed like that's my call for this movie is this is going to get Thor's going to get killed by Gore mm. or like they're going to take each other out and that's going to be the finale for it and it's going to leave it open if Jane's going to be Thor mm. but I think this might be Chris Hemsworth's swan song gotcha that's that's my call for it, if that happens, I do not have insider knowledge, I'm not spoiling anything for you. <laughs> this is one hundred percent me having a guess of where I think it's going based on stuff. Just, just, just the way they're of, setting it up is like just, it feels like that. Just kind of proof <coughs> about what we're talking about as an example.
1: Chunk just said, Oh yeah, I totally forgot about Miss Marvel, I'll go watch that after this.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like
1: before that would have never happened.
0: Like, no. That would like, have never happened. Like, like see when they dropped, see when One Division started coming out? Like especially after a year gap of Marvel stuff, like yep. I guarantee you, the day that that dropped, I think it was Friday when that was coming out. It was Fridays before they moved it. Every Friday, like I'd be sitting at my desk, boom, one division on, yep. yep, throw it on, sit and watch it, no question asked. Mm-hmm. I was catching up with it, you know, watched the premiere of it the day it came out, the first two episodes back to back every week when the next one dropped. Same with Falcon and Winter Soldier. Same with yep. everything. The movies, like I. Got to the movie theater as soon as I could to go see it unfortunately sometimes it was a week later but like the first moment I had a free chance to go I was there yeah and now it's like I'll get to it
1: I'll get to it when I get to it yeah because again like we were saying it, it, it doesn't feel like it's making a huge impact to the overall universe yeah because they're really not let's be honest they're not No. Because self contained
0: but that's it it's like they're not connected and I'm like Okay, of all the shows now, not upcoming projects not anything that's coming up what have we gotten in the Disney Plus shows that actually feeds into the MCU yep. the stuff in WandaVision mm-hmm. the set up Scarlet Witch is the villain for Doctor Strange Multiverse of Badness mm-hmm. and hints with Captain Carter and Doctor Strange Supreme being in there and kind of calls to those even though it was different versions of them it's not the same one that we get in What If why because we know she's getting another episode in season 2 so when Wanda kills her off it clearly can't be her and then yeah. the version of Doctor Strange Supreme we got clearly states a different origin to why he is the way he is and where he is mm-hmm. from the one we get in What If so it's not the same yeah. even though they thoroughly hinted that they were Yeah. Um, so really the only one that's affected the MCU in the greater whole has been WandaVision not including projects that are coming up, not including anything like that, and there's all still possibilities for that. But like, I literally the end credit scenes at the end of the movies were setting up, oh, this is coming next, we'll oh, be ready for this. Even the movies used to say such and such will return in like Avengers, whatever. Yeah. There's none of that at the end of the shows because, like, yeah, they're probably be back some point, maybe, possibly at some time.
1: Well, even even, like going so far as, and I know we're way off we're like an hour in but we are full steam ahead and I'm down here for it oh, we're good it's even only the, 45 minutes we're good even the way that they set up um, end tags in the movies like I'm thinking about I can't remember what movie it was I believe it was Iron Man I'm not 100% sure but when they showed Agent Coulson out in the desert and then they showed the close up of the hammer
0: dude even the way that they like, yes, Iron they Man did too. That, yeah. I'm like oh
1: Yes, I'm so pumped. And well, that's you it. To that's wait a year, like a year and a half for that movie, or something like that.
0: Well, that's the thing. that was an Iron Man 2. Even at the end of Iron Man one, the very first end credits scene when Nick Fury shows up, nobody knew that Sam Jackson was showing up for that, and all he had to say was, "I'm here to talk to you about the Avengers Initiative." Dude, heads exploded. And I was in. We didn't yeah. get that movie for what? Two thousand 19 on four years. years. Yeah four years before we got the payoff for that but all he had to say was the word avengers and every single person that watched iron man was that knew what the avengers were was like i'm in yeah i'm, I'm sold whatever you bring out next i'm i'm at least making it to avengers because i need to see what happens but
1: ads i agree 100 it's not a bad show it's just like meh
0: yeah, I don't have the Cross's wife better than Nitro is better than wow. Chaos.
1: Well, at least I'm in the middle.
0: I the I'm just dropping tears out. I mean I don't I don't question the fact my wife's first, but like I just love <laughs> the fact I just keep dropping down the tier list here. I'd f-
1: probably agree with that ranking.
0: Only only founded the show, run the show, do all the behind the scenes stuff for the show, you know. <laughs> just not appreciated in my own time. Don't worry, they'll write songs about me when I'm gone.
1: Another
0: you will. <laughs> I put it in my wall. Nitro must write a song about me if I die. <laughs> I'll just rip my voice box out.
1: <laughs> I still to write it though, don't I? Dang it! I was going to say, it's like, yeah, you don't have to sing it, you don't
0: have to write it. But I guess someday actually, you know, we can sing well to sing it. Nitro streams, I'll say you're better. It's like, that's just true, sir. <laughs> he does. He does. But. Right, you want anyway, to get into this? Yeah, I think that's a good kind of cut off point. Where like that was a good rant though to start off. Yeah, this, dude. Is, this is a chill stream. I mean, I we feel d- like
1: we ran on that on that all the time. But
0: all right. Yeah, you so however we, we want to do this? We want to do like a comic each sort of thing because you've got like fifty more than I do sitting in your pile. So
1: <laughs> yeah. So basically, I'll, I'll kind of surmise what we're what we're trying to do today. So basically, we kind of gathered together all the all the comics, all the trade paperbacks that we read this year. Um, we're just gonna kind of talk through those. Wow, now,
0: chunk. Wow, dude, that's brutal, man. <laughs> For anyone who's right. listening or not able to Dang. see the chat, it says, I won't remember you, Cross. Like, wow.
1: Sheesh.
0: That is freaking harsh, that's man. Tough.
1: That is tough, dude. So, yeah, we're going to take a look at some of the stuff that we've read this year and kind of very, very briefly talk through it what we like, what we didn't like.
0: So, um, yeah. You want, to go, you want me to go first? Yeah, you go first. I'm still counting uh, on the fact that like, you've now reminded people we've got sound effects that I don't want played during well, this Everybody
1: weekend. forgets. Everybody always forgets that we have sound alerts. And I think they're the funniest thing ever. So.
0: Um, it's like, I think the sound alerts getting played just not during the, the podcast just because like I have to upload this and poor people are going to have to just listen to this on wherever you get your podcast from and all of a sudden I'm going to get hit with a titanic flute. Dude, I'm getting <laughs> a bunch
1: of praise in the chat, which I, I appreciate. Um. <laughs> wow. All right. So one of the one of the first ones that I kind of want to talk through is is a run. So I grew up on Marvel mostly. I had a little bit of Batman from DC, a little bit of Superman, but for the most part, I had Marvel. Everybody had Death of Superman, right? So I had that. Um. But I grew up on mostly Marvel. So there was a couple Batman runs that I've been wanting to read for a while. One of them is, um, was Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo, um, Batman, the new 52 mm. run. Mm-hmm. So I, I got both one and volume one and two. I haven't read the third one yet. Um, but I will say like not having read a ton of Batman, um, I really dug it, dude i yeah. really
0: dug the story it feels like a younger bruce Co- wayne a younger set of Bells are like the highlights of that run like he had the ground hard with it it was such a good storyline yeah it's it's really violent which i like i like that um i like
1: the grittiness the 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 violentness of, of batman um the villain was awesome court of owls and talon was really really cool and can i say i follow greg pulo on twitter and he is just as good in this book as he looks on Twitter as far as his art. It's mind mind blowing. His art's so very good.
0: very gritty, very real, very like down and dirty sort of style to it, which with this tale of story really works. There's almost a horror element to a lot of it as well. Yes. And, and I like, like
1: how um, like I, and we might get into some spoilers as we're talking through some of this stuff, but it it's a real um, the enemy in this the the talent uh, talent and the court of owls is is tough for batman like it's it's he really has to go at it with him um it's not like a, a one and done like like you said villain of the week type thing um he really has you know he really has his uh his metal tested in this and it's really yeah. really
0: cool i really like it it feels like a major threat it feels like it's a good it at. feels like it's a major threat to gotham it feels like the city is actually in danger there's some really interesting twists and in turns that the story takes. I think it's a really it's it's one of the best Batman stories I think I've ever read. I love the Court of Owls story.
1: Yeah, and they they slowly introduce the villains that we all know and love. You know, like Mister Freeze, Joker, all that stuff in there in here, and it's it's really cool the way that they kind of reimagined them for New Fifty Two. Yeah, is, uh, it's it's really really cool. Like, one of the cool changes, and I, I, I've i just gotten into, again, spoilers for those of you who have not read this, but I've just gotten into uh, the Mr. Freeze part, which happens at the end of Volume 2, I think. And basically, I might get this wrong, but his story is basically like his, his wife kind of gets into a coma, and he puts her on ice to try to figure out a cure to bring her back to life. Yes. Um, and in the meantime, obviously, he goes crazy and turns into a villain. But I think what they're hinting at is this is all in his head like that didn't really happen mm-hmm. um so it, it's a really cool spin on a classic villain that we all know and love mr freeze um and i'm interested to see volume three
0: i have it in my wish list but i haven't been able to grab it yet so volume three is really interesting if you're talking about redesigns for characters as well the joker in that is it, it plays into greg Apollo's horror strengths again because the joker and Uh, the New 52 Detective Comics because in Detective Comics when it rebooted for New 52 started doing like the early stuff for Batman Mm -hmm. so here's some earlier stories and stuff and then during that run I think it was Joker actually gets his face sliced off so the start of volume 3 is literally like it's in the police station and it's literally him breaking into the police station to get his face back and then he like pins it onto his head
1: Oh, I've seen that picture. Okay. Yeah, like
0: with the face like attached, but it's not attached. It's just pinned on. So as the comic goes on as well, you start to see the face kinda like looking more decayed and mm. because it's dead, it's dead skin, so it's like rotten yeah. away, but he's still wearing it on his face. It's, it really plays into the horror elements. Yeah.
1: So yeah, I, I really dug it. I'm interested to read volume three. Um it was a really cool story. And again, I, I Get comics for the art, and I was not disappointed with Gregor Palou. I mean, mm-hmm. his stuff is just ridiculous. It's yeah. a little looser than some. The way he draws is a little looser than some comics that I normally um, read. Like I'm thinking about New Avengers and mm-hmm. and Avengers and and uh, even Fantastic Four a little bit. The 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 Secret Wars run, and a lot of that stuff is just really tight and really like put together. And this is a little looser, but I actually I really really dig it, man.
0: Yeah. And adds, yes, just like Jerome and Gotham. That's where they got the inspiration for doing that with Jerome like pinning the face mm. on that comes for the new fifty two run. Got it, got it. Uh, those were great shows and movies, absolutely. Um, Chung and Chung saying the Mr. Freeze in the nineties Batman animated movie, Sub Zero is my favourite. Yeah, know if I saw that movie. See the nineties animated series? The whole story I, I, of Mr. Freeze's wife on ice and stuff? Yes. That's where that comes from he did not have that backstory before the huh, 90s i didn't know that that's where it came from the animated series gave him that backstory and they incorporated it and that's that's awesome and that became like his story after that because people responded to it so well it's so good man and it's like it's I, and that's been his story ever since because like yeah you can't top that for freeze i still remember i coming i, I can't
1: remember when oh. that show came out but i seem to remember me coming home from school and like immediately going
0: to the TV to watch the new episode of that. Oh yeah, there was other. yeah, it was on, uh, in Scotland, it was played on Saturday, so like every Saturday morning, like, Batman the Animated TV was one of the the Saturday morning shows I would sit and watch, like every Saturday morning, I think there was like a couple of episodes we'd play, and that was like mixed in with all the other Saturday morning stuff I watched, so yeah, it was so good. Alright, what's your, man, what's yours, what's your first one? Uh, let me have a look. So I'm saying I had no idea they created that that's awesome so that Harley what else did that team create I know that's it it's like they created the backstory for Freeze which I believe that's the case I'll need to double check on it but yeah I believe it is that came from but um, Harley as well Harley Quinn obviously um, originated in that show and was meant to be a one off and now she's like one of the big freaking names of um, of the DC comics Was Clayface
1: a thing before the animated show?
0: Yes I think he was okay. um I don't know how prominent before, but I believe he was. I think the only full character that came out of it was Harley. Um, but I'm not totally sure, there might be others. Uh, so, Nigel's got a good selection of stuff there to kinda, that he's read through. He's been doing play catch-up on major storylines and stuff. Um, I've pretty much exclusively read like indie stuff. I, I've i made no qualms about it, I'm like exclusively getting fuller and further into a lot of the indie comics. Um, so the first one i want to mention i'm not going to go totally in depth into this because this is actually going to be our comic for the indie comic book club in august but i had to mention it here because it's such a good book and um, i think i've told you about it for a while now nitro was um undiscovered country yeah the book from scott snyder and charles soul is the writers and a ton of different artists i don't know all the first names are not on there but um it's a really, really intriguing story. Basically, the whole premise of Undiscovered Country. Which is actually a fairly timely part of it now. Because um, when I came into this, I just knew it was part of a whole thing that, um, that America had like shut its borders to everyone. Um, and when I started getting into the comic, what we find out very quickly is that the borders were shut because of a disease that was overtaking the world. Um, I believe it's called Sky, and it's, like, it's literally... Like overtaking the planet and killing people, so to protect themselves, America shut its borders and they literally put up like a a force field, like security net. Nothing has got in, nothing has got out, and there's two um, major, like almost like groups. It's almost like two parts of the world have kind of came together as like the new organizations running stuff. I'm trying to find the names of them. I've completely blanked on them. Um, But basically... Hey, No Pro. Hey guys, hope the podcast is going well. It is, we are talking about comics that we have been reading about this year. Um, So thank you so much for stopping in. I appreciate it. Oh, that's weird. The noise is pulling that up in chat that weirdly. That's bizarre. Um, But yeah, so for Undiscovered Country, basically, there's been no contact with America for like years, like decades and all of a sudden there's a transmission that comes out of America with a man claiming to be the current president um, and basically saying we have a cure Hmm. we've found a way to stop the virus and the two different parts of the world come together to create a team to send in there to send in to go meet with them negotiate see if they can get it and try and save the world and um, main characters that you get are a sister who is working or is trying to work on a cure so she's all for this mm-hmm. and her brother who is kind of almost like a, a militia for hire guys that military training and stuff but he gets hired all over the place and stuff and uh, they're kind of this sort of ride along characters mm-hmm. Um, and they basically go into America, not knowing what to expect. They bring in like a kid who's like who's studied up on American history and economics, lays out of buildings, stores, different things, like all the stuff that you think—not just American history, but like current day stuff—that you're like, you know, if we broke into a Walmart, what's the layout of the store likely to look like? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, like all this random stuff of like what could we possibly need? There's a guy who's an expert on it. I keep bumping at my desk today. I don't know what's going on. <laughs>
1: My chair keeps
0: going, doop, doop, doop. yes, doot. Yeah, I go back and forth, like, my arm of my chair, like, keeps clipping the side of my desk for some reason, I don't know why, but apparently that's the thing today. So, if you see, the, like, the camera shake, that's probably what's happened. But, basically, they cross the net, an opening appears in the net, they get in there, and then the shield closes behind them, and they get blasted out of the air and very quickly they start to learn about this brand new world which is Mm -hmm. they're in like the first zone and like there's a key like they meet a guy called uncle sam Mm -hmm. who literally looks like uncle sam (laughs)
1: like
0: the uncle sam you know i want you post it he literally looks freaking exactly like it Um, and he's basically like well there's a guy that runs this zone and he's got the key that gets us out of here Um, And this area is run kind of like a Mad Max looking type place and they try to get the key and basically he's telling them we want to try and get to the center because that's how we can change all this because there's some prophecy or something for the twins, you know, usual prophecy crap. Mm -hmm. I I, I almost ignore prophecy stuff in comics now, like it's it's a given, of course there's a prophecy, of course course. you knew they were coming. Uh, But he talks about riding the spiral or like the spiral. Because America is like, they're in the area of the Destiny Man and like, and this is like the map of America at this point. Uh-huh. So they're like here at the Destiny Man. And this is the doorway path that they're, that he's talking about here, but it like it's almost like a spiral they have to follow to the center. Mm. And he keeps talking about riding the spiral, but like, he doesn't exactly explain what that means or why, like, they can't just traverse across why they have to go this specific route. Um, but it's a really intriguing like, story because you start to find out little bits and pieces of this world, we get little things revealed about the characters obviously yeah. and the thing is, like, America shut its borders again, their transport's down Destiny Man captures their pilot so it's now became a case of what they came in to negotiate and try and get a cure, and now it's became a case of survival they are unknown people in a land full of the whatever Americans were left there that yeah. has evolved over this like, past, I think it's like, I'd say like 40 years, something like that. Mm. Maybe not even that long, maybe 30, mm. it's like, but yeah, it's like, so it's this interesting new world. So the first um, volume kind of like sets all of that up and you know that going forward we're going to start to like discover these different areas and discover different things about them and start to see what the world, so I'm really intrigued to check out volume two. Yeah. Because I want to see what's beyond that door. I want it to see really cool, what comes next. What's the next part of it? Yeah. So, which I don't think is a spoiler to say that they get to the door and get through it eventually. Yeah. I'm not going to tell the details of how they get to that stage, but I'm like, kill of the musters of volume two. Yeah. Otherwise, there's no story. So, like, I don't think yeah. that's a spoiler personally for me. Um, <laughs> but I don't want to go any more detail on that, obviously, because we're going to be talking about it. We're going to check it out. But I would highly recommend this. I. I thoroughly enjoyed reading this way more than I thought. I so, know you. You were super
1: hyped about that before you read it.
0: Yeah, I was really excited just at the concept because I wanted to see what what it was going to be like, and I read it, yeah. and it did not disappoint. Like, I I really enjoyed this book. That's awesome. All right, where right. you got for this minute?
1: So my next one, um, I purchased this when the kind of the film was first kind of teased and announced. Um, but this is. Um, actually let me get it right so this is aaron uh hold on i want to get the names right so the writer is jason aaron and the artist is Isad side i believe um so this is thor god of thunder this is gore the god butcher this is the intro of gore the god butcher yeah um well one thing i've n- i don't know if i've actually ever read a thor run before I don't think I have actually Yeah. Um, so this is my basically my introduction to Thor one of the things that I really really appreciated about this is I'm a huge fan for those of you who watch the show for any period of time know that I'm a huge fan of mythology whether it's like Greek or Roman or you know whatever I just love learning about how different cultures look at the pantheon and how they, how they describe that and how they interact with them and all that stuff and it's really really cool Absolutely. This this book is literally all about that. It's all about how gods interact with their subjects, I guess, for lack of better words. And it tells a story. Um, I, again, I'm gonna get into spoilers a little bit, and I'm not a good. I'm not as good at summarizing books as Cross is, but I will do my best. It tells a story about Gore, who was um, who had a family, and apparently this this famine or a disease hit his home world, and he prayed. He prayed to the gods to save them and he didn't get an answer and his entire family died no one came so he went on a rampage um and started murdering brutally torturing and murdering any god he could find and that's basically the entire premise of this story so it starts off um it starts off in like the 800s ad and in iceland and it it's um, Thor is with the Norse, uh, the Norse people, and they find a severed head of a Native American deity floating in the water, and just that that is like the first three pages, <laughs> like the first three pages, and then it just goes on this whirlwind of Thor searching for this this god murderer, um, and he encounters Gore, and Gore lights him up, like Gore like basically you know rex shot on on thor yeah and it's gonna get to a point i think it gets to a point towards the end of of volume one where thor meets king thor i think and they fight gore together Mm -hmm. somehow i forgot it's been a while since (laughs) i read it
0: yeah because there's kind of like multiple timelines going on or multiple parts of thor's timeline so yeah you see the younger Thor and you see his past history but you also get clips of modern Thor like current day but then you also get Thor like King Thor King of Asgard Mm -hmm. Um, so there's a whole connection between the Thors and throughout it I think the thing that really sells this book for me is Gore is everything I want in a villain yeah
1: he's formidable
0: he is brutal he is unforgiving he is relentless but he is also completely relatable. Yeah, because like there's a point why a point he does in the what book. he does is a relatable thing. Like I prayed to the gods and no one came.
1: There's a point in the book where the the people are kind of trying to rise up against Gore because he's killing the gods, and he's like, "Look, I have, I don't want to kill you. Like, I have no problem with you. You're, yeah. you're fine." He has no and issue like, with
0: people because he's looking at them like I'm one of you.
1: Yeah, like I'm. Your doing gods
0: you are not. Your gods are not helping you yeah i'm freeing you from these deities and it's like yeah it's such a good villain like
1: just to show you how brutal he is there's one part in the book where uh it's king thor so it's later on in his life and gore basically comes to asgard and he kills everyone on asgard except for thor he leaves him in his throne room and he won't kill him and thor's like begging him to kill him and he won't kill him because he wants him to suffer, like that's how brutal th- this is. Yeah. So it's... I know we were talking, we were talking about it before we get- we got on stream. Like when I approach comics, like I like to read one volume, and if like you you, you hook me, then I'll get another volume. I definitely want to get the second one for this. Because, oh yeah, like, say, I-, I-, I would challenge anyone to read
0: that. I would challenge anyone to read that first volume and not get hooked on Jason iron's run.
1: And um, like you know, speaking about the art, like the art. Is incredible like this is one of his first fights with Gore I don't know if you guys can see this he basically gets on a Pegasus and they fight in the air and Gore ends up using the Necro sword which is um, from the the symbiote planet the same planet that uh, uh, Venom is from uh, and he ends up cutting the Pegasus head off mid it, Dude, it's it's such a cool book it has some amazing fighting scenes and fights in the book so if you are a huge thor fan and you like a really good like brutal like story it's it's
0: it's it's awesome yeah i i think i read it in one sitting almost yeah it's it's such a good story and it's the beginning of jason iron's run like it's it's quintessentially like the thor run if you're going to introduce anybody to thor and the concepts of thor hand them that book and like read for there and just follow it yeah Follow it. and Jason Aaron runs goes for a while like it goes through a whole bunch of stories. It goes through the whole Jane Foster Thor, mm-hmm. although that's a much later down the line. Um, it goes back to Thor becoming worthy again and getting the hammer back, all the way through to the War of Realms. Yeah, like he he wrote that for years. Um, so yeah, it's like one hundred percent. It's an amazing story. Like I I love yeah. the God of the God Butcher. Just the concept. As soon as I have heard of God the God Butcher. Mm-hmm. And his concept, like I think the back blurb of the book when I first read it describes it as like gods are starting going missing across time and space. Yeah, and it's like, oh, you have my attention. Mm-hmm. Like, like literally that alone was like that. Oh, I'm intrigued now. I need to know what happens. I need, yeah. I need to see and, what goes on here.
1: And there's one part where he goes to this place called the Eternal City, which has all the records of all the gods and everything like that. And he's he goes to like the the librarian or whatever, and he's like, I need, I need to go to the records of gods that haven't been heard of in a while. Um, and it's just it's a a really cool
0: it's a really cool is there any gods that haven't made a bit of a start in a while because we might want to check on them (laughs) they're probably dead yeah there might there might be a reason why nobody's heard from them (laughs) in a little bit you know (laughs) but But awesome man that's that's an awesome one as well absolutely all right I'm going to delve into my second one and I was talking to Nitro before we started stream and this like undisputed... Undisputed? Undiscovered Country is the one that I, 100%, it's probably my favourite comic I've read so far this year. This one is a very close second, and I'll explain why it didn't hit it, although it has the potential to be one of my favourite comic runs if it keeps going the way it is, mm-hmm. um, is East of West. Mm. I'm fully aware my camera's reversed and that doesn't look <laughs> properly, but I don't care. Um, but East of West is a story from Jonathan Hickman which if anyone knows Jonathan Hickman you completely understand why this is a slow burn this, the only reason this one didn't become the top for me as much as I loved the story mm-hmm. is it feels like not much happens Yeah, but I expected that going in mm-hmm. we've talked about Jonathan Hickman, both of us are big fans of his writing and um, but Jonathan Hickman is very much a long-term writer. Like I, I said it to Nitro, I know the stuff I'm reading here. Yeah. That is going to pay off. Like there's ten volumes in the series. I know by the time I get to volume seven and eight, there's going to be a payoff for the stuff. Leading what up to Secret the Wars finale run was like
1: ten years, right?
0: Yeah, like. like that. Yeah, because like, it was a it wasn't ten years? But it was like twenty twelve. Like because it came at the same time as Thor, when he started his Avengers run. So it was around twenty twelve. Mm-hmm. And Secret Wars came out about 2015, 2016, oh, okay. something like that. Yeah. But you're talking like four, five years build. Same yeah. with these Fantastic Four run they get to that finale. That was about four years, five years, something like that. Ad's mm-hmm. uh, saying he's on the lookout for Marvel comics with Hercules in them. Ad's another one of our uh, members of the community that's big on Pantheon and yeah, lore around gods and all that sort of stuff. Ad,
1: have you, have you read Gore the God Butcher*?
0: Sorry, I didn't mean to... Go ahead. No, no worries, man. You're good, you're good. Um, but basically, this story... The interesting thing with this story as well is... It kind of drops you straight in the world. Like, you know how we were talking about... Like, uh, you're speaking on a story... I do one of the comics that you read. I'm not going to say it because you're going to get to it eventually, probably. Is how they kind of reveal too much right away. Yeah. This one is not like that. It throws you in the middle of it and you... You understand a bit of what's going on, but you don't totally get it. Mm. Like, the story follows the four horsemen. Or more specifically, it follows death. Yeah. And during the whole story, there's this... It's an interesting world. It's kind of like a western steampunky sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, western... Cyber-western, cyberpunk sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, where it's like... It's kind of like an old school western in telling it, but there's a lot of technology, like Death rides off on like a metallic horse and stuff, and mm. there's great cities, so it's kind of like an alternative future for Earth. But Death's riding around with two other people separate from the other horsemen, and it isn't until like issue two we find out the other horsemen have all been reborn, and so they're all like young kids, but they still retain their memories. But something happened that Death didn't go with them, and he deviated. And as we start to find out there's been a situation that occurred where Death was turned on by this cult that like follows a horseman and wants to bring on the apocalypse. Yeah. And so Death's doing a little bit of a kill bill right now oh, where he's like going after them one by one trying to yeah. find them and trying to get revenge. Um, and slight spoilers for it is one of the reasons you find out he's separated from the others is he fell in love. Mm. And he's part of the betrayal was like his wife being killed, and he's they attempted to kill him, so he's going after them. Dang. And then he finds out his wife's alive and he goes for her. Dude, that's sweet. And that's how the end of the first volume basically goes as him going after his wife with these two friends that he's got. Yeah, we don't get a whole lot of backstory on them, but they've got mystical powers and stuff. But we start to learn about something happened that split the horseman something happened where they turned on him we don't get the full story mm-hmm. this cult that is built up is like they're, why are they trying to bring it around like and even one of them like talks to another member and is like look I don't think this is the right idea anymore yeah it's like and you know so do you not think we should stop them the other guy's like I don't care I'm not scared of them the Horsemen can do what they like and it's like mm. and he's like well you may be okay with what this happening but I'm going to go and try and stop it so there might be a, a coup happening and they And the the cult as well, where it's like they're not trusting it, yeah. You know, and want to change everything around. It's like it's such an intriguing story, but if you do pick it up, be ready for a slow burn, Mm. be ready for a slow paced story that I have no doubt is going to pick up. Like, I am nothing but intrigued. Like, I need more, yeah. It's very much a I need more sort of story, um. And basically, the last issue of it, we really get an idea of the cult maybe harboring, harboring the beast of the apocalypse, mm-hmm. mm, um, okay. and start to find out a little bit about that as well. And then uh, it ends with the death riding off. But I'm not going to. I don't want to ruin what he's riding off to do because it's like it's a yeah. cool little reveal when you get to it in the end. You had me at Kill Bill, dude. I got to read it. Yeah, it's basically like. I'm just get a good shot, I'm trying to find a good shot that's not so violent, but maybe I'll we'll show a violent one to show off. Like Literally he goes into a bar, like right at the start, that's the first thing, Like it's literally western. Dude, that's the way of death walking the and art a bar. Yeah, the art is phenomenal. Who's the artist in this one again? Uh, Dragota and Martin. Is that a triforce? <coughs> it's meant to be a symbol that's kind of like a triforce, but I think it's meant to be the symbol of the horseman because uh, okay. it's four triangles all together yeah. as one Oh okay. And, but yeah so like he drinks up and like he drinks up and then people come up to him so it's him doing normal drinking at the start mm-hmm. and then guys come up and try to bother him
1: because
0: he's there for the bartender it turns out the bartender's got the knowledge and then holy crap <laughs> and then he tortures the bartender as well Dude. all right i gotta read it like i mean east of west like i read the concept of it it was really interesting i literally was in the comic stop, the shop when i picked this up uh-huh. there's not a blurb i had to like look up on amazon to find out the exact story but this is the blurb in the back dude that's hilarious we would tell you what did i say what do we tell you we what? would tell you to pray but it wouldn't do you it wouldn't do any good you have earned what is coming to you thanks if you love old western style revenge stories in any shape or form <coughs> as well as being in a kind of post-apocalyptic world waiting on the end of everything with the four horsemen 100% pick it up I'd highly recommend picking it up
1: Dude, I feel like we need to make an Amazon list with all these things
0: Yeah, I'll probably make one if, if, anyone's, if you're in the discord join it I'll try and yeah, put a list together with everything and link it there like a watch list with all these if anyone wants to pick them up. Or at the very least just messages and we can tell you what ones to get.
1: Alright, so my next one is is actually an indie comic. Ooh. Um, and this is one where
0: I'm so proud. <laughs> I've got nitrous so to I branch out.
1: I had been um you know, we had been on an indie comic kick, you and I, or the channel, and I was like, Man, indies like We've read some really cool stuff. Yeah, comics. we've read some amazing and I said, and stuff. <laughs> I want to know what else is out there, like top indie comics, like on various different lists. And this this one showed up on a couple different lists. So this one's called Radiant Black. For those of you who can see this, I mean, it looks stunning. Writing. Like that cover was like a yeah, stunning that was, piece exactly of artwork. It was eye catching. So this is the first volume. Uh, the writer is Kyle Higgins, and the artist is Marcelo Costa. So it basically centers around this um this writer, uh, who's kind of like at the end of his rope. Like his book's not selling. He's got this is the first page, it shows his he's on the phone with the bank and he has like a negative bank balance. <laughs> like it's and he has that to I remember those days. <laughs> he's moving in with his dad, he's like breaking down he's doing Uber at the beginning of a, of the thing, and this these people get in and he starts sobbing and they're in the back seat like <laughs> And then, and then it cuts to the title page, so it opens like a movie. Like it opens like a oh, this is gonna be awesome. I'm in for a really, really cool ride. Um, he has a friend, he has a friend that meets him at at home, who's who's kind of like a a go getter, like really outspoken, really gregarious type thing. And mm-hmm. he he can tell he's down on his luck, so he's trying to like encourage him and stuff like that. So he takes him out for drinks, one night, and they happen upon this um. I think how it happens is there is this what looks like a black hole floating above some train tracks right oh yeah there. so what does he do of course is he gets close to it and it ends up basically transforming
0: him into this I actually really so, like that caution design it's a really cool design yeah it looks really cool very some plastic uh, but nice
1: so the, the basic premise of the book is trying to figure out what that is um, another one of them also show up which is in a different color um, and we learn slowly that this is kind of a mantle that has kind of been handed down from person to person um, the thing is the thing that I will say I was not a huge fan of and I know I've, I've talked to you about this before is I like i like a little bit of a slow burn i don't mind that at all like i don't want a lot of stuff to be revealed up front i want i want to kind of work for it i want to kind of like yeah learn you want that have, later on you want to invest in the story and like i don't know if you can see this but like that's when he gets the costume we're like not even a fourth of the book in, and like he's got the costume like i want to live with him a little bit as a character find out who he is like as a personality like get to know him a little bit more and I don't really feel like we got to sit with him and and, and learn that a little bit. Um, the book towards the middle, I was like, I'm not really a huge fan, to be honest. But as I got towards the end, um, and he met that other version of himself, the red, the red one, which I'll try to find a picture, um, and more was revealed. I I kind of dug it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely curious to see the second volume. Like, here's a couple fight scenes with one of the red ones um and there's a really cool sequence in here the way the name radiant black comes from this sequence where him and his friend are out in the woods and it's the training montage right like they're, they're trying to get him to figure out how to use his powers and how to get a hold of his powers and uh his friend is his social media manager so he creates a, he creates a social media page for him and all that stuff and then they come up with the name radiant black and he makes fun of it for a couple for
0: for a couple pages but um
1: it's a cool read. It's interesting. Um,
0: it feels like a very I mean, different take on the superhero genre. So little... yeah, it
1: definitely, it definitely is. And like, yeah, I, obviously, it, it introduces other ones as well. So which kind of reminds me of Power Rangers a little bit. Um, but yeah, it ends on a really weird note, but it ends on an interesting enough note, because it shows you the point of view of the red not Radiant Black is not their name but the red version of his character and who that red. character is huh <laughs> Radiant Red Radiant Red and who that character is and where they came from and it's really Ooh, really cool okay. because the first time we we meet that red one they rob a bank and they explode out of a bank so mm-hmm. Radiant Black has to fight them and he gets his butt handed to him basically um, so it's really interesting I'm curious to see where it goes um I would say like I'm not in the tank for it yet yeah. But I have a feeling, like, the Volume 2 will explain a lot more. Probably a lot of questions that I have. Um, but if you like different takes, like Cross said, if you like different takes on the superhero genre, I would definitely pick this one up. You can get it for pretty cheap um, on Amazon or at your local comic store. But, yeah. So. Nice. It's mean, not like a good cool one, man. It really does. Yeah. It was cool. I was glad to finally... Because <laughs> I remember when I when I message you about it you're like dude we might do this this might be the first indie comic club that you actually picked the book and I was like no let's not do this one
0: yeah and you were like nah nah I'm good I'm good <laughs> we don't need to do that one Like, <clears throat> alright so the next one I had on my list again kind of like you had like good and bad about it as well this one I kind of had to say it for and we talked it before. It's it was called I Hate Fairyland from Scotty mm-hmm. Young uh, and the cover pretty much tells you everything you need to know really about yeah. what you're getting in for um it's typical Scotty Young fashion. Um it's a very fantastical, like fairy tale looking world, colourful, bright, you know, Toontown sort of looking place. Yeah. That is completely horrifically over the top violent at the exact same time. <laughs> um If you if you want to know just how violent it's a back cover. Yeah. That's like literally the covers. Um, but basically, the whole thing like with this one is Gert is like a a young girl who's like doing her usual typical, you know, being a little girl dancing about her room, you know, typical pink room, everything like that. And then all of a sudden, like her like floor opens up, and it swirls, and she gets sucked through this hole into the brand new world, Fairyland, and. Um, she ends up at Fairyland, all these magical creatures and gets told that she's going on a quest. You know, typical fashion pretty much for anything. She gets given a little, like, guide. I can't even remember his name. It's been a while for, for, since I've um, read this one. And she sets off on her journey. Then the next page, it cuts to 27 years later. Day. Because like, they talk in the background in the first pages, they're like, oh, this should take her about a day or so to do this quest. 27 years later, you got Gertrude who is like literally maniacal at this point. She is so. Oop, I'll get the pictures in. <laughs> like, she is gone crazy. Oh, and you see her there going as well. It's so like, we'll fluff you and fluff this map. That's the thing as well. She's in lands, so she can't cuss. Oh my gosh. So it's just to keep saying other words, they just automatically come out. And that's the thing, she's grown up as well, so like it's, it's the mind of a 27-year-old woman who's been trapped in this hell of fairyland for 27 years. Jeez. Basically looking for a key to get out. Looking for a key to open the door to get out of the place. And it's her adventure to try and find it, to try and get it and. Basically I think it's like there's a cut off point that comes, it's like it's twenty seven years almost to the day and there's like a cut off of if someone stays there for that certain length of time, like the Queen of Fairyland has not been able to touch her mm. and just like get rid of her. Yeah. So she's gotten more maniacal, more vicious, as like murdering people in Fairyland and the Queen has not been able to do anything. Yeah. But now the guns are the gauntlets are off and she can go. So the Queen yeah. starts sending people to go hunting after her. But Gertrude is just like nasty and vicious, like she's like swinging her big ass Like you get dudes like this going after her himself, Dude. and stuff.
1: Dude, that looks so sweet.
0: Um, is a lot of it as well as very much. There's a lot of kind of gross-out humor stuff to it as well. Like Scotty Young like plays with us so much. He, you can tell he had fun like writing this book. Yeah, mm. uh, there's points of like a zombie part that comes into it and stuff and then you get an interesting part where the queen now that Gert's basically uh, able to be attacked Mm -hmm. I think there's like a cut off where she's going to get stuck in Fairyland as well Yeah, because the queen brings in another little girl Mm. to have an adventure in Fairyland but if this kid finds the door first Gert gets stuck forever so it now becomes this whole big thing that Gert is trying to take her on but this little kid's got like her own kind of set of powers, like she blasts her like through trees with a rainbow and stuff. Dang. So, because girls automatically think, it's like, well I'm just going to freaking kill you. Yeah. It's like, you're causing me trouble, I'm just going to kill you and just keep doing what I'm doing. And, like, and she blasts her, so now she has to compete with this little girl to get the key and to try and like get to the door. And I kind of want to give away the ending of this one, because like this book, like everything about this sounded amazing. Yeah, and I don't know what it was I don't know if I was in a weird Madrid it or something because even going back over it I'm like this sounds phenomenal why did I not like this as much Yeah, something about it just didn't click with me hmm. and I'm like I might need to give this one a reread that actually cause it's kind of like
1: Radiant Black for me it sounded yeah. really cool but it just I don't know there was something about it that didn't register with me
0: but the ending of it seems to be really cool because like, the ending of it is basically she like raises up like this massive demon monster from the pits of hell of fairyland holy crap um, like they take her on and stuff, and like basically makes a deal with her to like get his powers and stuff. Mm-hmm. So you end up with like this going on. Dang. Which the artwork is sweet in this scene. Yeah, let's go also. Young phenomenal. She ends up fighting uh, the little girl and wins, which that d- outright just murders her. Opens the ground and it swallows her. I think. Um, so she gets the key and she can leave, opens the door, is about to walk through, kills the Queen. Dang. And the little guy like that was travelling about with her, the little Jiminy Cricket-esque character, uh-huh. yeah. freaks out, because right as she turns round to go through the door, the door slams, locks, oh, no. disappears. And you see him sighing, and he's like, "If someone kills the Queen of Fairyland, they automatically become the Queen of Fairyland." Oh, dear. so so it literally ends with her on the throne.
1: Dang.
0: Laughing <fluffing> hate Fairyland. <laughs> <laughs> so I, it, it didn't hit me in the same way as I thought it was gonna. Like I was expecting. Yeah. I don't know. I just didn't get the oomph from it. But at the same time, it was good enough that I want to pick up volume two, yeah. And I want to see what happens. Like, okay, the whole first volume is establishing like her stuck in Fairyland, and I thought that was going to be the premise. I thought we were going to follow that, and she was like, basically, this little girl brought in to be to go on this quest, mm-hmm. and she ends up being the villain. Yeah. And no, she's now the queen of Fairyland. So I'm like, I want to see where that concept goes. But yeah, Wait, dude,
1: that sounds actually really interesting.
0: Yeah, and the and the art for it is phenomenal. One hundred percent, I will forewarn anyone who wants to pick it up, though it is one hundred percent gross out art. Like Scotty Young pushes the limits of how violent he can be in this, and obviously that's just to play off of the fact of like it's this fairy tale world. Yeah, with these creatures being massacred. dude that's hilarious.
1: It definitely sounds interesting. I might have to borrow that from you one time.
0: Yeah, okay, what. up, man. All right, where should you go this?
1: All right, so my next one is an oldie. Uh, I don't know if I would call it a goodie, but it's an oldie. Um, it was nineteen ninety four. Ooh. I've been looking for this one for a while, and I saw it. Um, I think I saw it at Second and Charles, and I had to pick it up. So obviously, Spawn versus Batman. So Frank Miller and Todd McFarlane. Frank Miller wrote. Todd McFarlane drew. It's a very thin comic. I don't know if you could see
0: this. Yeah. It's, it's released kind of like in the hardcover of like a trade, but it's actually more like a single issue. Yeah, it's definitely a single issue. So, I mean,
1: the premise is pretty simple. Um, the, main, the main point of the comic is to show the differentiation between Spawn and Batman, though they are both heroes, so to speak. Spawn more of an anti-hero. Batman has a code that he doesn't kill. Spawn, not so much. Mm-hmm. So, um, Batman hears, uh, like, whispers of this person thing killing people in New York, uh, although the people that he's killing are bad people. And then he meets the person doing it, which is Spawn, and they fight. And the art is just normal Todd McFarlane, just bananas. Like, obviously, he's exaggerated some of his characters. Like, I don't know if you could see Alfred there. Yeah. Um, Uh, it's peak mcfarlane like his spawn obviously is on point um it's just bananas it's a bananas it's a bananas book i don't know what i was expecting it -hmm. was about i guess what i was expecting um him and spawn end up getting into a brutal fight which is awesome uh and it happens multiple times um not really a whole lot to say about this comic (laughs)
0: nah crossover I mean are I love Frank,
1: Frank Miller is a god among comic book writers and Todd McFarlane is a god among comic book artists but this book is <laughs> not that great Frank Frank
0: Miller is also back crazy though Dude, he is like he like is like when you're talking about Frank Miller like is this good Frank Miller like phenomenal top of his class Frank Miller or is this back crap crazy like off the rails Frank Miller cuz they're very two different things I mean, you could tell,
1: like, they got in a room together and, like, we're going to do whatever we want and we're just going to
0: push it to the limit. I mean, look. Yeah. I and mean, that's it's... the thing. A lot of these crossovers in the 90s were like that, though. Like, any crossover yeah. between publishers. Yeah. Like, you get a lot, you get some of that now and it's done a lot well and they put a lot of effort into it. But especially during the 90s and early 2000s runs, mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot put into them. It was literally selling the book based upon it's Spawn and Batman
1: yeah these two I mean, characters I,
0: on meeting. that was literally like i mean that's the reason you picked it up it's like that's the reason everybody picked yeah, that up spawn, when it up i love ba- spawn
1: i love batman dude they're together heck yeah
0: yeah i mean and that was literally I, that was image and dc going let's make some money
1: yeah and i recently picked up this one this is a different one this is batman and spawn uh it's called war devil and this is by um doug munch minch and chuck dixon this oh one, chuck dixon
0: yeah yeah
1: this you. one reads a little more like um realistic i don't know how else to say that realistic um a little more tamed down obviously it's still brutal it's it's spawn you know um so i'm in the i'm in the process of reading this one right now i'm glad i read the frank miller uh tom mcfarlane spawn versus batman because oh, i've yeah. been wanting to read it for a while but it, i mean it is what you expect it's just bad crap crazy um like 20 pages of just bad crap crazy one shot spawn batman story so oh yeah
0: absolutely Alright, so you did an oldie, I'm going to do some newies, so I'm going to take the advantage to do these ones all together because they're all single issues that I picked up but I feel like they need to be mentioned because some of these I thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, First of all, before I talk about any of them, I want to shout out to Tom Levine if he's still in chat. Uh, Beckett's Last Mixtape, one of the comics we picked up this year, absolutely adore this comic. Thoroughly enjoy. I'm not going to say too much about it now if you want to hear more on our thoughts on it. And mm-hmm. um, we did do an interview with Tom Levine where we talked a lot about the comic. <laughs> yeah. Um, but thoroughly enjoyed this. My official kind of recommendation on it was it's what 13 Reasons Why Wishes It Could Have Been. Mm-hmm. Um, and dealing with a main character that's thinking about suicide. Yeah. And. Um, brutal in the sense of like it keeps it very real but at the same time it's like it's a really relatable story, the characters are really relatable, friendly, mm-hmm. nice and the artwork is just stunning yeah. so 100% go and check that out Beckett's last mixtape so I just wanted to do that shout out, I don't want really to spend a lot of time in that just because like we, we've we done a whole show talking about it yeah. so um, please go and check it and if I'm smart enough and remember to do so for YouTube I'll put a link up in the corner and if not I've forgotten all about it so don't worry about it it's not important You can just search. Uh, This one I literally picked up a couple of weeks ago and I have to mention um, because I thoroughly enjoyed this first issue and I really want to see what they do with it. Um, It's called Do a Powerbomb. Yes, dude, that looks so cool. Uh, From Image Comics and it's about wrestling from Daniel Warren Johnson and Mike Spicer. Uh, This is a creation of Daniel Warren Johnson who wrote it and I believe did the main art for it. Um, And basically it's... It's a really interesting setup, it's only the first issue. But the characters that you start off with is like um the main wrestler who she's the world champion and going out to face um her main opponent, her big rival and defend her title. And basically she dies in the ring. And the journey the story jumps forward to her daughter who was there with her now being old enough and starting to wrestle. You get some really interesting character moments in this because we spend a lot of time at the start of the issue establishing the family. Yeah. Establishing they have a really good relationship, they're really supportive, like um like her dad and her are there to support her mom, they going out for the match and stuff, and you get some interesting dynamics of her being older and a wrestler, her dad coming to her. And we find that he's done this quite frequently lately, coming to her and telling her to stop wrestling. Obviously, you know her dad has lost her mom in the ring. and doesn't want to see his daughter do the same thing. Yeah. So he's very much wanting to stop her. Um, and she's basically like, "I'm going to keep training. I'm going to go where I can." But like everywhere she goes, no one is taking her on a trainer. No one's wanting to put her in the ring because there's a whole stigma to her mom, mm. with her mom having died in the ring. Yeah that was the only thing I found a little weird on it was like nobody's like taking her on and training her and stuff like that it's like I know her mom died in the ring but it's like it's something that can happen yeah you know it doesn't happen frequently but it's something that can happen and that's the people are going to remember that regardless of whether or not her daughter's like wrestling or not mm-hmm. so like I'm surprised nobody's taking her it on it's like a daughter taking up the mantle of the, her mom who died in the ring I'm like that sounds like it would put butts in seats to me personally but yeah dude Um, but basically she ends up getting approached at the end of the issue by this dark cloaked figure this guy in a black suit who wants to offer her the opportunity to wrestle in a special contest Um, and basically offers her that if she wins the tournament she can bring her mom back Um, and that's pretty much where the issue ends so there's like a supernatural element to it there's a whole supernatural element to it that's not been revealed fully yet. Yeah, the thing that really intrigued me with this book because like I, I grew up as a wrestling fan. I was a wrestling fan for a long, long time. Still am to a certain degree. Although a lot of the stuff that's out there is crap right now. Um, in my personal opinion, a lot of crap happened in the wrestling business. But yeah. But the thing that really intrigued me with this because it was something I always wondered because WWE like you know I've always put out like wrestling comics recently and stuff and. I always wonder with that how do you portray wrestling in a comic yeah it's a very visual sport you're watching this visual like you know show taking place how do you put that in static images Um, and I was very much a big fan of how Daniel Warren Johnson did this Mm. Um, because we get to see a lot of the match between um, our main character's mom and her opponent and their whole fight and the fight we get to meet the characters first and it's almost like a slow build to get to the ring and then she tells her story you know how proud she is to be here and defend their belt and then you get the two of them actually fighting and i don't know if it's the emotional build to it or what it is but like it feels like very real like it feels like i'm actually watching it like i can see it happening it doesn't feel like i'm just watching a static image and watching like oh i wish they were actually moving around it's done in a very real way, and I think it's because it puts just enough of the wrestling on the page to catch you, because it's a wrestling book. Yeah, and um, and also the fact that you get enough of the storyline of the family, um, and Daniel Warren Johnson absolutely phenomenal as well. And um, there's a little blurb at the back. He talks about like he's a, he's a full wrestling fan. Yeah, and um, like he says, I used to walk with his kid at night, and he would put the TV on, and he would be watching and. The funny thing is, it shows here. Is he watched a lot of Japanese wrestling? Mm. Uh, if you don't know Japan wrestling, it's a very different animal from like American wrestling, like WWE, AEW stuff like that. Yeah, like in New Japan Pro Wrestling, Old Japan Pro Wrestling, when it was around F one, like they're a very different animal. Jap- Japanese wrestling is a very different thing, mm-hmm. and you can see stuff like even in this, like it's a very Japanese wrestling feel to it. Mm-hmm. even just down to something simple, like when the mum gets in the ring, everybody starts throwing like the streamers in celebration because she's like the big hero and that was a show of yeah. respect. And it's like, it's really cool that that's it. Like, he's not just pulling from, oh, I grew up watching WWE. He's like, no, this guy's watching stuff that most wrestling fans don't watch. Yeah. And if you go to his like social media, he even posts stuff about wrestling. That's cool. That he's a wrestling fan and going to shows and stuff. So it's like it's very cool because you can see like this isn't just somebody trying to tell a story. It's like it's something else he's passionate about. That he's bringing into this story element, and it's like it's done very well. That's awesome. Um, so I would highly recommend that issue one out. I don't think issue two's out yet, but I would highly recommend um, do a power and going and picking it up. Absolutely, yeah, that sounds really cool.
1: Yeah, exactly I grew from wrestling too. I wasn't as like. Hardcore about it as a lot of people were, but um, like during the obviously the Attitude era, WCW, Mm. WWE.
0: That's really cool, man. Yeah. Uh, Last couple I want to kind of mention just single issues. This one, it's not got a title in the front, I got a variant of it when I finally picked it up. This is Grimm from Boom Studios. Um, A really interesting take on the kind of uh, the Grim Reaper esque characters. Mm. Uh, Our main character is basically a Grim Reaper who we see getting a Soul from a car crash and kind of introducing her that way and she doesn't really have memories. Other Reapers do, but she doesn't seem to. Yeah. Um I apologize, I'm literally throwing this one out. I don't remember that much on it and talking about it. Um All we know is like the guy that she brings in, like, tries to make a break for it and manages to get her scythe Hmm. and runs off and the issue ends with him getting back to the real world, trying to get back to his life. And then all of a sudden like she is all all of a sudden able to be seen by people around her. Like somebody grabs okay. her and stops her, even though they've not been able to see her. Honestly, there wasn't a lot more than that to issue one. It wasn't like yeah. a massive amount of stuff. It kinda just built the world a little bit. We got to see a little bit of where the Reapers were, different things. and um, it was okay. Yeah. I was expecting a lot more from it, I'm not gonna lie. But at the same time it's a first issue. Mm-hmm. It intrigues me enough that I want to check out the story. Yeah, but I wasn't totally fussed on it, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like compared to like reading something like *Do a Powerbomb*, where it was like I just I got invested in it. Mm-hmm. That's one like not as much, but it was still a cool story. If you like that supernatural Grim Reaper esque story, yeah, uh, I would definitely recommend. I think issue two is out of it. I've not gotten issue two yet, but that's awesome. And then last one, I'm not going to talk too much about because I'm hopefully going to get him back on the show to talk a bit more about it, uh, was Savage Avengers. Heck yeah. From our good friend Dave Pepos, since the last thing we spoke to him on the show has now became a big fancy writer for Marvel. Um, writing Savage Avengers, writing a little bit of the Elektra, Red, White and Blood book, or Black, White and Blood, something like that. Uh, writing The Moon Knight, Black, White and Blood book. And is going to be writing stuff for Fantastic Four, going into the next yeah. big event. And um, but this is the big one he pushed Savage Avengers. This is his pet project, his team, basically led by Conan the Barbarian. Nice. And um, featuring Elektra, Daredevil, Black Knight, Deathlock, Weapon H, uh, Anti Venom or Agent Anti Venom, Flash Thompson, and then Cloak and Dagger. Mm. Um, the first issue of it is basically a little bit of all the characters where they are and showing how they all come together, and basically the story of blame that brings them all together ends up taking them back to like Conan's like time, mm-hmm. and to his world. So basically, it takes most of the characters instead of Conan being like the fish out of water in his own world. It's the rest of them. Okay. So that's where the issue kind of goes, and it's like I'm intrigued to see where it goes from there. Yeah. But yeah, it's an interesting like, realm of characters. Obviously, they're characters that Dave really wanted to work with. If he watches um social media, mm-hmm. he talks highly about choosing the characters that he did and it's very much like the the fan of the low-tier characters and wanting to show them love and appreciation. Yeah. Uh, which he absolutely does in this book. The intriguing thing I'm looking to find out is, is I think the first volume ends with issue 5 um, he's mentioned, but I'd be Really interested to see where it goes. Yeah. Because it's recently been announced that um, Marvel have lost the publishing rights to Conan. Really. So it's going to be a, a new publisher as of 2023. Okay. So I'd be really intrigued to see like, if this is going to go forward still without Conan, hmm. um, in another way, or if it's just going to be he ends up doing other books. Cause he's already working yeah. on other projects there, so I'd be really intrigued. But yeah, it's worth a check out you know it's like, yeah. I picked it up for Dave was Like the first issue is enough to kind of intrigue of what's going on I think I, have it. I haven't read it yet but I have it it's been sitting on my own I haven't wanted to open it
1: <laughs> I'm like he's, a, he's big time now I know but yeah
0: alright but I know what are you, I, you can do your next book
1: yeah so I mean I know we're getting close to time so this will probably be my last <laughs> one that, that I uh, review I have a couple more but I'll put them in that list I've been creating a list as we've been talking so nice uh amazon list for everybody who's interested in the stuff that we talked about today yeah and anything that's
0: next... anything that we don't go into we'll just we'll put in the list but we'll also just shout out like we've read yeah. these and you know thumbs up thumbs down you know
1: yeah yeah exactly so this next one was one that you and i had talked about well you more so uh but i had never read a transformers comic ever mm. like i'd watched the show obviously i was a huge fan of transformers I had a ton of the toys i love the movies all that stuff but, okay i love i liked the movies okay I was I gonna appreciate, say it's like are we, I appreciate gonna, the movies. are we
0: gonna are we gonna ever fallen out here because like uh, loving the Transformers movie is not an okay thing. Like I'm sorry. But
1: apparently So IDW came out in I think 2012, I think, with a curated volume of Transformers comics that told a story. Which tells you how long
0: they've been going because this compendium dropped in like 2012, so that's how long they've been going yeah. since before then.
1: Yeah, and when I looked into it, so this volume that I that I picked up is over 400 pages there are i think over 20 volumes in phase one there are currently three or four phases three now i think three is the most recent one just an ungodly amount of of content and that's and
0: as i'd like to point out as well like as Nitro said that's compendiums that's hold up the compendium show them the size of it
1: it's huge this is a this is a textbook this is a, a legitimate textbook
0: like three phases with the first phase having about 20 odd books in it like at that size
1: so I'm going to be honest this is probably, I don't know if this is my
0: favorite that I read
1: but this is close
0: I really, Um, it's on my list I really want to pick it up I just don't ever have 35 bucks to spare at one time to pick it up
1: it's (sighs) so good so the the only negative thing I will say is that if you read this at night like obviously you're dealing with Transformers there's a lot of close up shots it's really hard to make out some of the art if you're reading it at night that's the only negative thing I literally have to say about it. It starts off basically with um, the introduction of Megatron. How Megatron became Megatron. And it shows how the how the Decepticons became a thing. And how the badge of the Decepticons became a thing. Because the auto the Autobots had already been established. And the cool thing that I like about it is they kind of paint the Autobot. The ruling class basically. The Autobots have like borderline like... Fascists, almost like they don't paint them in the greatest of light, and not like Optimus Prime or anything like that, but Sentinel Prime, the the dude who came before yeah. Optimus Prime. Like he's the leader, and he is just he takes no crap. <laughs> like he is like I will murder anyone I have to in order to push our our nation or whatever forward. It's definitely like it's it's cool the way that they they make. <laughs> Megatron, at first, like a very sympathetic, like, oh, I can understand why
0: he became the way he became. Which is amazing um, because, of, I've said it plenty of times, sympathetic villain. If you can do that and get it right, it, like it, makes, it just elevates your villain so much.
1: Yeah. So there's a through line uh, in the comic of Megatron coming to power, gathering his Decepticon army. That's basically, That's the, the very simple premise of this book. But, dotted in there are one-shots of characters. Like, they have one-shots of uh, Starscream, Blur. Um, who is the ambulance Autobot? forgot his name. Ratchet. Yeah. Ratchet. Um, Bumblebee. Uh, characters that we all know and
0: love. Challenging my knowledge there, man, I always and, didn't remember that
1: one <laughs> I, I know. Um, it's characters that we all know and love and how they join one side or the other, the Decepticons or the Autobots, and how they push that narrative forward. And there is some... Um, there is some freaking awesome battle scenes Grimlock obviously the Dinobots are in here Soundwave um dockwave. there's a yeah there's a there's one shot of Soundwave and Shockwave which Soundwave is my favorite um subcon I love him um but yeah man it's it's so cool there's obviously uh some cool human characters in it as well um not like Sam Witwicky <laughs> They're actually compelling um and there's this whole storyline. Like the art is incredible. Yeah, that's phenomenal, man. It's
0: just it's it's incredible. Um, I think there's different artists for each like throughout the book. That probably is because a lot of the one shows probably had different artists, and then depending on how many of the main storyline there was, you might if a artist swaps. Yeah. The. Um, yeah,
1: I don't know what else I can say about this because it covers a ton. It's over four hundred pages. Um, I. Read this in probably four days, because I was like, it's it's incredible. Yeah, like you were invested, in. man.
0: You were messaging me, seeing how much you would enjoy it, and then it was, Dude, like, it's all of a sudden you were it, done.
1: It's so good. And at the same time, I bought this. I bought um, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles IDW collection, volume one, with Raphael on the front, and that is great too. I haven't read it as fast as I read this, but man, it's it's fantastic. If you love Transformers. Um, I, I can't recommend this enough. I have this second volume already in my cart, ready to go. Uh, it's 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 really
0: really cool. It's really yeah. cool, and it's also a really really cool story. Yeah, the Transformers comics are one of those comics that it feels almost like daunting to get into because I haven't yeah. read R now, but I'm like I need to at some point pick it up. Yeah. I need to just get it's, it. It's
1: it's funny because it starts off it starts off they're in a mining colony, and Megatron is just one of the miners, and he's mining, he's trying to mine energon and so you have the the Autobot or the leading uh, faction is kind of like sitting around with, with weapons making sure that they don't get out of line um, and there ends up being like a riot and Megatron ends up killing one of the guards and he's doing it he's not being malicious at the moment like he's just he's basically fighting for his life he's mm-hmm. trying to get out of there fighting for his life but then how that how that transforms him into this leader. Like, he gets into this, basically, there's this, like, it's crazy, because there's this, like, um, robot fight club in Transformers, in the city. Like, an underground fight club to the death. And then he starts fighting in that league, and he becomes, like, the gladiator uh, de jour. Like, he starts wrecking shop everybody, and then he starts upgrading his armor little by little. And then you see him get the cannon, and then you see him get the mace, and then he finally gets the... The Septicon symbol painted on him. It's it's just
0: really, really, really cool. That's awesome, man. Honestly, it sounds amazing. Yeah. So yeah, definitely pick that one up, guys. That's a phenomenal. right, I'm probably gonna do one last one as well then before we like fire these off. Uh, this one is called Seven Secrets. This is from Tom Taylor, one of my favourite writers, so I absolutely wanted to pick this up and check it out. And Danielle de Niculo and Walter Baymont i am probably murdering those names drastically—but <laughs> oh, um, but, I mean the artwork in this is phenomenal. Even like for the gag, I mean that's like, the first page I turned onto. Like, yeah, dude. The art in this is absolutely stunning, if nothing else. Um, and basically, the whole premise of it is there's a secret organisation that is protecting seven secrets. Like literally, as it says in the ten. Um, yeah, I the bag the bobber actually does quite a good job over here. For centuries the Order has trusted in keepers and holders to guard the secrets in seven briefcases against all harm. Uh, keepers and holders are basically, there's seven secrets and they're protected by teams of two. The holder is literally the person that holds the briefcase. Like, it is literally like, cuff to them, stick with them, you are not allowed to let this out, you're a grasp. Um, and then the keeper is the one who protects them is the one who will like defend them, fight them try and Mm. allow them to get away if they're attacked you know, whatever they do to protect the secret yeah Uh, but when their stronghold is attacked and the secret is put in peril the entire order must face their greatest fear an enemy who knows too much and is willing to kill to get what he wants now the order's newest member Casper, must discover the truth of the secrets before the enemy does or risk losing everything so Casper's a ride-along character that's Tim on the back holding the BK7 Okay. Um, and basically he's he ends up being born to a seeker and a keeper his mom and dad are like a seeker and keeper of one of the secrets and mm-hmm. um, they end up falling in love and having that but that's against the what the order wants they don't want mm-hmm. people doing that because you must want nothing love nothing more than the secrets the okay. secrets are so big, are so massive that you have to basically give up your life to protect them. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he ends up growing up with his mom and dad being very, being told to stay away essentially, like he's raised by the Order, Yeah. but they're not really allowed to make contact with him because they're not allowed to get attached and they want to avoid him getting an attachment because they are still protecting one of the secrets. Mm-hmm. Um, And as he grows up, basically, at the very beginning, we find out his father gets killed by a member of the Order who basically is, like, who's turned... One of those classic, like, the person who was working with him turns and is now on the villain side. And he uses all his knowledge to basically... He wants to reveal what the secrets are. He wants to unleash them. Um. That often get that gets shut down a few issues in because the organisation he's what he finds out is actually want to just destroy them. and so it's the order being attacked on their terms and we follow Casper as he gets older he trains and he competes to become uh, a holder. And because there's an open position and he becomes the holder of the seventh secret. Um, and it's really cool as well. I, like I love what they do with the briefcases. I'm trying to see if I can find the designs, but each of them like represent one to seven, like on it. But it's different. Mm. Like I think this cover, this is a really cool cover as well. But it kind of shows it. Yeah. So like the first case is like a Roman numeral one, but then yeah. like, the second case is a beta from the Greek uh, alphabet. Oh, okay. And then the seventh case is just a number seven, and like so. So basically, like it represents like one, two, three, four, five, six, but it's not exactly that. Yeah. Um, which I thought was just a really cool design choice. It just it kind of gives it a worldwide sort of feel to it. Yeah. But yeah, so Casper basically becomes a seeker or a a holder. I always get them muddled up. You know what okay. I mean. Um, and he basically takes over, competes, wins, gets a chance to have the case, but as then thrown into utter chaos because they get attacked so the order has to abandon where they are and the whole thing is that the order goes to like a secret keep mm-hmm. that's protected and it is basically off the books to try and protect themselves um we get and as we go we start to meet the other holders and keepers we start to get to know them what their personalities are like who they are yeah um all this time like I got up to like this Chapter six, issue six here. I think it's the last mm. one. No idea what the secrets are. Right, like none of them are revealed until like the very end of chapter six. I think it is. One of the cases gets opened. I'm trying to find the spot where it happens. Um, yeah, I think it's here. So it's the th- the holders of the third case. So they ask me to open the third case, and they do, and Dang. this portal appears, and to escape they all go into it, and I'll try to find it, it takes them to kind of like this other world, it's almost like a Rainbow Road looking place. Yeah, almost looks like anime, like style. Yeah. Speaking of anime, there you go as well, there's the third briefcase the Japanese 3. Nice. So I just you said anime, they're like, "Oh yeah, there is actually a Japanese letter you now," um, but it's this other world to it. Um, and Casper gets like they, they're setting up stuff, and I really don't know where they're going with this one. But he basically gets, like, gets called off the main road of it. maybe mm-hmm. um, means like these guys. I don't know exactly what their deal is yet, because it's like right at the end of the issue. Yeah. Um. They start talking to him and he ends up like running off, and it kind of ends there. But the whole setup of it basically is because we don't know what these secrets are. I mean, like building up to this point, for all we knew, these secrets were bits of paper, yeah, like the biggest secrets in the world. And I'm like, no, these are like way beyond these are supernatural powered things, yeah. Like, because you think the third one opens this portal to this world, and it's like, what do the other six do? Like what in the world did these do? Dude, that seems super interesting. And i like, and I think it's actually just finished. I want to say the series is just finished. The last issue dropped a while a little while ago, maybe a month or two ago. Dude, that's. Sweet. And so it's a full series. If you want to check it out, it's called Seven Secrets. And Tom Taylor does a really good job building the world. And I'm like, I'm definitely intrigued to see what it goes from there. Yeah. And but yeah, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. That's awesome, man. And all right, so they're on a bullet point of the last ones and just kind of talk about the others and mention them?
1: Yeah, so uh, honorable mention for me towards the end which I, I for just mainly for time reasons but um, I just finished this this baby, so Donny Cates, Venom his mm-hmm. run on Venom, Volume 1 I'm a huge Venom fan, he's one of my favorite characters growing up so I wanted to read one of the best runs apparently uh, of Venom and I was not disappointed, so obviously introduces Null, who if you don't know, was is basically the he's the ruler of the symbiote planet basically and he's just a he's just a bad mofo yeah and uh yeah it's it's really cool the way that they do that um yeah i, I really really liked it i'm definitely getting the second volume uh the other one was obviously lock and key
0: this is all six volumes of lock and key i finally finished that yeah year. we didn't even get into lock and key like i had lock and key chapter uh, three on me and i read volume three i've still to read the other half of it dude if if yeah. you guys have not read lock and key i would i would
1: i would definitely recommend it it's probably my favorite yeah. comic i think i've ever read i don't know I, it's it's up there it's really really good and it it tells a complete story over six
0: volumes it's so so good um absolutely and if you want to check it out i don't know why that's doubling up again It's doing that weird thing um, it does that every so often but if you want to click on that link and head over to our YouTube channel under the Indie Comic Book Club list you can actually if you want to find out about Lock and Key if you don't know about the comics our very first one was talking about Lock and Key Volume 1 yeah, um, back in October 2020 so go ahead and check that out if you want a word on it but yeah I think we both are massive fans of Lock and Key and would highly okay. recommend the series yeah, I'm like, yeah, pretty much don't. just finishing up Volume 3 and I'm like I'm excited to read the 4, 5 and 6 and
1: if you have watched the show and not read the comic stop watching the show and read the comic
0: the comic is so much better <laughs> it's so much better and i know so everybody
1: always says the book is better but it legitimately is and it's legitimately legitimate
0: is 100 percent bad it's so yeah. good
1: yeah so those are my those are my honorable mentions i put um we're making a list as we speak yeah and i put the basically the compendium so all six volumes of lock and key and yeah
0: uh, so quick honorable mention as well I just wanted to mention that we'd read it I'm not going to go any details into it was Mouse Volumes 1 and 2 yeah. and we did them for the Indie Comic Book Club obviously we went over we spent two episodes of Indie Comic Book Club talking about Mouse 1 and 2 okay. and if you have not read this yet 100% pick this up this is one of my top books Yeah. one of my top comics ever that I've read I thoroughly enjoyed this it hit me so much more in the feels than I thought it was going to it was so good, um, the story of Art Spiegelman's father going through the World War Two, going to concentration camps, living as a Jew in Poland and being captured by Nazis, like it's such a powerful story. So if you've not heard us talk about it and not picked it up for yourself yet, pick it up. Um, mentioned as the show just came out recently, I've read Umbrella Academy Volume 3, mm-hmm. uh, Hotel Oblivion. It was okay. I wasn't blown away with it. I just I felt like I felt like it was a setup book. Mm. You know, like because one of the things as well as like um, like even like the Raven or the Sparrow Academy that's in um, season three right now. Yeah. Uh, they are like hinted at heavily, and then but they don't show up until like the very end of the book, no, like I properly. Think.
1: Yeah.
0: And um, it's all about the hotel, and like they're all off doing their own separate things, and it's following their journeys, and following a couple of them trying couple of villains trying to get out of Hotel Oblivion wherever it, the dimension it's in yeah honestly it's one of my least favourite of the Umbrella Academy stories so far it yeah. still has the same weirdness and bizarreness that Jared Way is known for mm-hmm. um, it's kind of hard to think Umbrella Academy was kind of like one of my first forays into like yeah. the indie comic book world it's kind of weird to think it used to be one of my favourites and I'm like I just I've the first one still really has a special place for me yeah I almost feel the opposite I've not seen season 3 so I can't mention it for the show but the storyline for season 1 I feel like was probably better because it didn't go quite as cartoony with a little bit of it with the the apocalypse suite Mm -hmm. and the second season of the show I prefer way more to the second book really I enjoyed it a lot more than that I think because maybe because it was a bit more grounded hmm um, but then the third one, I'm like, I just... I've not even watched season three, but I probably prefer season three at the show. I'm like, I just... I feel like it's gone down in quality, and maybe it's just my tastes are changing. Maybe I was just really in a yeah. place for Umbrella Academy when I first read it, and it still holds yeah. a good place, but I've read so many great indie comics now.
1: That's interesting, because I remember when we first started talking indie comics, you had, like, unending praise for Umbrella Academy. I, I still do for the
0: first one. I think... yeah. I think for me, it was my first foray into other type of superheroes genre and going into it. And like, if you read Umbrella Academy, there is nothing like it in Marvel and DC. Yeah. Nothing like it. It's completely different from that. It. It's completely different from a lot of stuff in indie. Hmm. Um, but it's not alone in the indie world. There are stories like it. There are stories that push it. Yeah. Um, it's definitely got its very own tone to it. But I'm like I of all the stuff we're reading now I don't feel like it's as much yeah hey Sparkle Sweet Michelle how is it going but yeah so like Unreal Academy Volume 3 I wasn't massive. Yeah. We sold on like I I finished it but I felt like I was forcing myself to finish it more than anything uh, I hate that rather than actually like enjoying it and wanting to keep reading it yeah I get that I get what you're saying Sorry, I'm desperately trying to spell that properly there. It's all good. Uh, speaking of 12-sided, so lock it can help us with that API error thing. Yeah. I don't know why it does that. It's like, it offered yeah. off it a few times, but it disappears. Yeah. And it's like, let me do a the height box and I'll not actually shift the time out yet. Um, but yes, yeah, like, I don't know why that pops up, like the API error one, especially because like, it doesn't do it all the time. It's only yeah. certain times it does it. Um, and then my last couple of shout are actually established properties. Um, I read the first volume of the Assassin's Creed comic, nice, which was really enjoyable. I enjoyed it. It wasn't like phenomenal or anything, but I enjoyed it because it's it's introducing the Assassin's Creed world. If you're used to it and you know it, which if anyone knows me, I'm a massive Assassin's Creed fan. I love the Assassin's Creed stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's a very it's a different set of characters and a different kind of setting. Yeah. Um. The jaunt into the past is interesting because it's set during. Um. The Salem Witch Trials. Oh, cool. So, and it's all about trying to find. Do you think there's a, an assassin that's like turned and sold them out to the the Templars, uh, and okay. it's sold them out on where that piece of Eden is, which is one of the big like MacGuffins for the Assassin's Creed world. Yeah. Um. And basically, the, enlist this chick. Um. What's her name? Charlotte, I couldn't remember her first name there, Charlotte Dela Cruz. It's, like a, it's a C. De la Cruz, I don't know what the first name is, it was Charlotte, um, but they only Charlotte De la Cruz to basically help them because her ancestor lines up with his mm-hmm. um, and hoping that he she can tell them where this piece of Eden is so that they can connect. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Sparkle Queen, I appreciate it. She says she loves my accent. I know, everybody does sparkles, it's okay. You're just a normal, typical American accent. <laughs>
1: Got the boring standard, non-distinguishable regional accent.
0: Um, but overall, like I'm excited to pick up more and check out more of the series. It wasn't like mind-blowing or phenomenal. Yeah. Um, but I enjoyed it. I, enjoyed nice. it. I thought it was good. And then the last one is a uh, a first foray to me. If, uh, if you know me and the stuff is, especially down in there about us, bio tells us Doctor Who is my favourite TV show. I absolutely adore Doctor Who. Um, this is the 12th Doctor in comic form my absolute favourite Doctor I love Peter Capaldi's take on the Doctor uh, myself and JR are watching through it at the moment um, and this is like the first foray into comics it was really it was an interesting take on it like the artwork's pretty okay in it it's not like phenomenal or anything but it's still pretty decent uh, okay you know um, and the story was okay the story was really intriguing it's it's one of those things like Assassin's Creed might have had the same problem as well um, but with Doctor Who it's a big thing going from watching the TV show mm. kind of like what I talked about with Do a Powerbomb like going yeah. through the TV show and the high paced high functioning part of it to slow paced kind of like reading through the story mm-hmm. it, it it feels a bit better yeah you know it, it doesn't feel like it's it, it clicks and runs quite the same but the storylines were interesting I definitely enjoyed them for what they were I thought it was um, good inclusion I mean it's like I thought they got the characters spot on like they felt like they portrayed um, like they are in the show mm-hmm. I definitely want to pick up more and check it out especially some of the other Doctors as well yeah because um, I'm all about I love Doctor Who and it's like getting to see more of the Doctors adventures and um, that you don't get to see on the screen I'm definitely up for yeah um, but I wasn't blown away by it so honestly a bit of a mixed bag and stuff I've been reading some of the stuff has been okay not phenomenal mm-hmm. but at the same time the stuff that has been phenomenal has really popped yeah I'm really interested to
1: read that powerbomb story because I love wrestling and I think it would be really cool yeah from what and I've
0: seen that th- East of West East of West and do a powerbomb are the top two for me that I want to read yeah I think do a powerbomb definitely is going to be interesting and East of West I'm definitely hooked on I, I love it i like I definitely want to see where it goes, and it's only ten volumes. It's not a lot, you know. It's like I, that's one of the cool things about some of these indie stories is knowing that, like, if I start picking up like the run currently for like, like you said, Venom. Mm-hmm. If I want to read the whole of Venom, I'm going to be buying forever. Yeah, but like East yeah. of West, I know there's a beginning, middle, and an end, and I I've really started to appreciate stories like that, mm-hmm. and I've got a beginning, a middle, and an end to them, and. But yeah, is there any other comics that you're looking to pick up, or any that are standing out to you?
1: Um, one that you recommended to me a while back was Mask. Um, and that um, based off, well, the the Jim Carrey movie obviously is based off of the comic, mm-hmm. uh, but the comic is way more uh, intense, shall we say? Way
0: more graphic, violent. Yeah, way crazy. more graphic, uh,
1: and mature. Um, that's definitely been in my list. What else? Um, Donny Donny Cates, um, Volume Two. Uh, Venom also there's a couple there's one from Jeff Lemire Black Hammer which I, you showed me right before a Strain that you had yeah I've got to Black Hammer I definitely want to read and um, I really want to read Invincible Volume 2 man because yeah. I'm really interested to see where that goes
0: yeah I've got Invincible Volume 2 as well like I'm intrigued as well because I think it's very I think it's like in the Volume 3 I want to say mm-hmm before like we actually get to what is basically an episode one of Invincible, which is the reveal of yeah. Omni Man. Yeah. So I'm intrigued to see how it plays out in the comics. Yeah. Um for my list a couple of stuff that I'm looking at, I'm definitely looking to get um the Transformers compendium. Like I really want to pick that up, just getting the spare like bucks to buy a comic that's that expensive at that size. I just don't have handy. Otherwise one hundred percent I would have picked it up already. But like one hundred percent that's on my list. Yeah. Uh, Once in Future I talked about a story from Boom Studios um, about Arthurian legend and mm-hmm. um, was getting okay, massive cool. massive high praise um, so I definitely want to pick that up and check I think Volume 4 just came out recently for that I'm looking what it up bo- right now that movie was based on a comic book what movie chunk? um Whatever movie it is, probably. Oh, Mask. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's based on a comic, the Mask comic. Yeah, one hundred percent. Mask is an interesting one. Yeah, um, there's a bunch of stuff I've got on my indie list. Let me pull up. I should have had it up and ready. I should have. Professional Twitch streamer, ladies and gentlemen. How dare you? Uh, but those two are definitely for me. Um, indie trade lists, because that's where all my stuff basically comes from now. Uh, Birthright from Joshua Williamson was an interesting one about a kid that disappears and like comes back after spending like 30 years in a fantasy world Dang. Um, but it's not been 30 years in the real time it's been like one uh, then it was that one Black Sands that I posted on social media about from oh. the Black Sands Entertainment uh, Black Creator oh, yeah, stuff yeah. I definitely want to check that one out and um, there's tons of stuff and there's also I want to just kind of like put it up and just scroll through them those are probably the major ones that I'm looking at right now I go through periods where I'm like I, there's certain ones that stand out to me I'm like oh yeah I need to get that yeah I need to get that you know yeah Um. yeah I think that's the major ones for now as I'm looking at you know I mean, pretty much any series that I've read or talked about the sequels to them are always in like the forefront like East of West and Undiscovered Country, I Hate Fairyland, all that sort of stuff. Like, picking up the sequels to them. Yeah. Oh, that was another one. Wicked and Divine.
1: Wicked and Divine?
0: Yeah, the Wicked and the Divine. I Man, I talked about it when we went out for dinner that night. Um, It's basically the rebirth of gods. Like, every f- so many years, like, the gods are reborn. Oh, yeah. I added that to
1: my list. I, was um, I have
0: that on there. And they're currently... um. Uh, pop stars I think is the current iteration but like they end up dying off and being reborn and the new forms where they get new fans and new subjects to praise them Yeah, um, I was really intrigued by that concept again cause talking about the mythology and stuff like that same as you I love mythology and all the sort of lore mm-hmm. around it so I just very intrigued by that and like ancient gods in the modern day Yeah, but not like oh they're still here but we just don't talk about them no they rebirth themselves in a way where they're still going to get praised Mm. and I'm like a really intriguing subject yeah that's very interesting but yeah it's like so there's a bunch of great stuff out there yeah like
1: indie comics is where it's at man you introduced me into the world and it's it's been great man there's some really cool
0: stuff that's it it was like honestly I was just I was getting bored with Marvel and DC yeah oh hello yep Uh, thanks for the lurks, sparkles queen and ads subbing again Keeping up geeks. that part of the Nation of Geeks with 17 months in a row. Dang, dude, that is a long time. OG. Yeah, man. As has been here literally since, like, day one.
1: He really has.
0: Pretty sure he was one of the first people in our chat, like, on the first day we did a podcast.
1: hmm
0: If he has not been here since day one, it at least feels like he's been here pretty much that whole time. But, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, that's kind of the comics that we've been reading
1: yeah
0: man yeah I've been doing a lot of stuff <laughs> I've been getting through I'm a lot time, of colleagues man. man holy
1: cow I can't believe how much I've read this year
0: yeah man absolute bunch so I've going through Twitch just to see who's on if there's anyone as we build up to a raid I'm trying to, trying to do it in advance this time so I'm not doing it last minute um, but yeah that's pretty much been us for the day Um pretty sure that stream because we've got a lot of big stuff coming up in the month of july and um, for the podcast next week we will be back and um, talking with dr baron bell it's been what at least a few months since we talked to the man you know like dr bell's yeah. like one of the frequent flyers on our channel at this point so um but he'll be on to talk to us about dominion chapter four and um, our last in the comic book club we talked about volume one His chapter's 1 to 3, but chapter 4 is coming out on Kickstarter, I believe it is. Kickstarter or Indiegogo, I can't remember which one. Mm -hmm. Let me get the link from him. Um, So he's coming on to pitch that and tell us a little bit about it. And With how good the first three chapters were, I'm more than happy to give him the spotlight and to hear all about it, man. Heck yeah, dude. It's It's going to be awesome. Um, We also have coming up in two weeks' time, we'll be talking about Thor, Love and Thunder. We are going to see it on this Friday, but we'll give everyone a chance to see it and Check it out for themselves. Uh Chunk. Yeah, the chunk I'm getting
1: the last run, and uh, it's Tuesday. Yep, we're I'm
0: so excited. Yep, and Chunk also we will be doing that for the indie comic book club for the end of the year. So if you want to grab it and read it before that comes up, you'll be able to join in the conversation. Um, and then three weeks time, I'm very excited to announce that we're going to be having Lewis Southard back on the channel. Our first ever guest. Um, he's been on a couple of times. It's been a while since we've had Lewis on. But I felt like it was a prominent time to get him on because I remember the first time we had him on the show and him talking about pitching goth cowboys. Mm-hmm. And now not only Actually is, in our intro video. <laughs> not crazy. only... It was, yeah. It was in our intro video like back then. And not only has he done goth cowboys and done the five issues of that, but Midnight Western Theatre, the goth cowboys story, is getting turned into a TV show and crazy. getting a prequel series showing how Hortensia becomes the woman in black. so he's going to be coming on to talk I don't know how much details he can reveal at this time it's still very early days as far as I'm aware for both those projects Mm -hmm. but the opportunity just to talk to him a little bit and get him back on I'm more than happy to do because it's it's been a while since we've talked to the guy and Lewis is always awesome yeah super cool dude Um, apart from the podcast obviously we'll be doing our usual this week Um, Jay is of course going to be back on Monday doing some more Nancy Drew um, that's been going absolutely well. She continues going through Waverly Academy. And um, I will be back on Tuesday night, continuing my playthrough of Horizon Zero Dawn, one of my f- new favourite games, one of the best games I've ever played. I'm absolutely just engrossed in this world. That's awesome. Um, Nitro will be back Thursday night starting a yep. brand new commission piece. He finished the piece for Chunk the Heart, which if you've not seen it, is in our Discord. Um, go and check it out. It's a phenomenal piece of Aloy. Um, speaking yeah. of Horizon and Tiny Tina, from Tiny Tina's Wonderland and Borderlands, um, and he's going to be starting a brand new piece for our other frequent flyer, Just Me D.
1: Yeah, it'll be cool. Um, I'm not. I won't reveal anything until Thursday. But yeah, I'm excited, man.
0: Absolutely, man. From what you said, it's like, it sounds like it's going to be an interesting one. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what you do with that. And then, of course, we won't be back on Friday. We are doing no CFTS this week because Nitro and I will be heading to the cinema to go watch Thor: Love and Thunder so we won't be back Friday but plenty of other stuff going on in the channel to keep you going so I hope you all have an absolutely amazing week Yeah. Um, I think we're going to go and raid um, Charwee TV I think that's how you pronounce it I'm probably butchering that like I do most other names <laughs> um, but we're going to go show her some love she's doing some just chatting just now um, talking about stuff and um, I don't think she's family friendly but um, we're going to go show her some love, take the opportunity um, so please hang around, stick around, go say hi to her, drop her a follow if you aren't already. Um, follow us on our social media, join us on our Discord as Nitro has posted in the chat. And let me do this before I forget because I always forget. We have our um, of course um, sponsors or ambassadors for BCW um, supplies, who supply comic boxes, comic bags, and boards, and all the sort of stuff for collecting and any other collectible. Um, if you click on that link and use Comic Cross at checkout to save 10% on any of your purchases there. And um, BC we also see the logo just below us there. So um, so want to share that out. I will actually remember to do it for once, but we are going to go, we're going to show some love, to Charlie. I which actually is still on. Yep. I'll, that's what I thought. I'm going to go raid and they're just going to disappear. But you all have an absolutely amazing week. Take care. Enjoy yourselves. And remember, it is a good week to be a gig and we will see you all on Monday. Yeah, a of you get one, folks.